Niner, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209er, clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Howard Radio Clearance, over. That's Clarence, over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What? Hey everybody, welcome to Yours, Mine, and Theirs. This is a movie podcast where we pick a weird movie genre and then talk about the movies and vote on them and give awards and stuff, and it's really fun. You should join us sometime, kind of like our guest today. Anyway, I've actually been Shirley this whole time. Please stop calling me John. Hi, I'm Roy, and I have a special message for this podcast. What is it, you ask? It's a themed audio series created by a host and then published episode by episode online where listeners can download and listen to each episode when it is released, but that's not important. My message is this. I just want to tell you both good luck. We are all counting on you. And I am John's brother, Dale. And I think I picked the wrong week to stop uh, drinking Sicilian beer on rooftops. (laughs) Very good. Okay. Welcome, John's brother, Dale. And is it everything you hoped it would be? Or is it so far pretty underwhelming? So far, so good. Okay. That's, That's good. Okay. Dale has been listening for a while. He's been my brother my entire life. And honestly, um, growing up dreaming as a boy that I would start a podcast, I always kind of thought he would be the last brother who would want to do this. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. That was so been fun. The prep, the prep has been fun, you know, watching a movie with a different insight and, you know, jotting down, taking notes, keeping things in mind. It's a, it's kind of a new way to, to watch movies. I'll never be the same again. You ruined me. <laughs> so back when you were children, Dale thought to himself, I hope someday John invites me on a podcast, which is a thing that has not been invented yet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was a different time, but I think we both had that. I guess we had the, we both had that idea in mind. So yeah. that's still one of my favorite jokes of all time from, uh, so remember when Weird Al put that on his, uh, I think probably his MySpace page. <laughs> When when UHF came out on DVD, he said, for the last 10 years, you've all been asking, when will UHF come out on DVD, a format that has not yet been invented? <laughs> oh, weird humor. Dale, um, where are you and what time is it? So, I am in um, Switzerland and it's, uh, it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon, so perfect time for me. Lovely. Are you in the midst of traveling? I thought your home base was Italy. So I am in the midst of, um, I'm in between lives right now. So okay. I actually am based in Geneva right now, and I will ultimately be based in, in Italy uh, this time next year. So, But I have been going back and forth. So it's the same time schedule, but uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be moving out of Geneva after 28 years here wow. and settling in, uh, in, in more um, uh, Mediterranean climates. Ah. So, I've, I, John, I, I know you've been over because you guys had like a family trip over there. I, I've been to Italy a couple times with uh, my wife and then my older kids. Um, and then the last time I went over, I, we, we spent a few days in Switzerland as well. And, man, I would love to live in Switzerland. Switzerland's a little more expensive than Italy. So, Italy Italy's a, uh, a little more cost efficient. And I guess, I guess the Mediterranean weather and everyone raves about that crazy Mediterranean diet. But I've got a couple of girls whose senior trip is coming up in a couple of years. And they, they want to spend a week on the Amalfi Coast. So... Uh, always happy to come back. And and I do have this pipe dream where I, I'm making about 50 grand passively every year right now um, because of my military retirement. And there's some websites that have convinced me I can live off of that in Italy. I think it might 
not be entirely realistic. Valerie currently entertains the possibility. So, well, you'd have to, I mean, you'd probably have to be the one at night who kicks everybody out of the square. That's the one. (laughs) That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then sleep there. No, actually, actually 50, 50 K annually, uh, in, 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 in Southern Italy, uh, is, is, is actually quite feasible. So we'll, we'll take this offline. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh-huh. we were looking at house rentals, and I was astonished at how much apartment I can get for uh, less than a grand. And and so anyway, the truth is, is after six months of it, Valerie will miss her children so much that we'd probably move back. And so that's the concern. Still, they Besides, have these programs, uh, uh, Roy. Just to to add a final note, you can sure. buy a house in some cities in Sicily for for one dollar uh, as long as you have you seen those uh, they look like schemes but actually it's actually true you can buy a house for one dollar as long as you you know agree to spend 20k fixing it up with local you know with local craftsmen etc so the, the 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 pipe dream is 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 a pipe dream uh unlike the pipe uh that uh, andy crawled through at the end of uh <laughs> shawshank uh so in the midst of my dream i, yeah. I won't be crawling crawling through human waste <laughs> Exactly. I have some serious problems with that pipe, by the way. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enough of that. John, what's this podcast all about? What on earth are we doing? You got me to change. Sorry. I some Your conversations got me to change one of my taglines. Okay. Just <laughs> writing this down. Uh, okay. So the point is. It's not a pipe dream. Is that what? <laughs> all right. Well, now I'm crossing sorry. it out. Okay. Fine. <laughs> In on the podcast, you know, we do the thing where we vote on different genres of movies, and they're really weird. But a few years ago, we happened on this thing where we have a guest come along, and then they pick three movies that they that made them in some way. And we can't really phrase it that way because that's actually the <laughs> title of another podcast that we kind of stole this from. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so we got to figure out about another way to phrase that. Can but, I can I say when we made that decision, I thought, yeah, we'll get one or two guests per year. But now it it is the podcast. Right, at least fifty percent is is is. The oh, there's a waiting list. Yeah. I've been I've I've been waiting for over a year for this moment. Yeah, so it's funny because last year we had some. Uh, I think it was in the case of Crystal Tucker because uh, Richard Templeman came on and he said Crystal really wants to do it, and we said, "Oh, we'd love her." How about February of next year? <laughs> and so it, it's it's kind of astonishing that we have a guest waiting list that is so long, and how disproportionate it is to our listener base. Right. Um, we have about twice as many guests that want to come on as we have people who actively listen to the podcast. That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely true. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, after all that, the thing is, so Dale decides to bring three movies along and we haven't mentioned the three movies yet. And the three movies are, everybody drum roll, okay, Airplane! Exclamation point, Cinema Paradiso or um, Paradise Cinema, I guess, as it's translated, I think. And then the movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, you're is wrong. That not- it actually translates as The Monkey's Paw. It does not. Okay, what does it translate to? <laughs> no, I mean, the Cinema Paradiso, it actually, it's it's Nuovo Cinema Paradiso. It's the Paradise yeah. Cinema. That's what I said, isn't it? Well, yeah. The, the Paradise Cinema. Okay. Jeez, All right. John. All right. I, I, missed, I missed the article. No, Nuovo I thought that was New Paradise. Yeah, because it's that's the new one. So the the movie takes its name from how it was kind of restored in its second uh, phase. Did you even watch the movie, John? Uh, I no, I surely He's watching it now as we're as we're <laughs> taping this. I I am watching. I, I'm in charge of summing that one. Seriously taking yeah. notes. <laughs> Sounds off. Subtitles are on. So he's good. 
Okay, well, let's get into them one at a time, shall we? The first movie, uh, Dale, you're responsible for doing this one, right? It's Airplane. Oh, I thought that was me. No, I'm doing Shawshank. Uh, You're doing Shawshank. Okay, cool. Okay, you saved yourself for last. Okay, smart choice. Woo! Now, okay, so... But Dale, you did see you didn't see Airplane in the theater, did you? Did I ask you this? Me? I, yeah. I did I did originally. You did. Oh, you absolutely. did. Yes. What do you remember what it's like to see the movie Airplane in the theater? Oh, it was well, am I the only one of the three of us that saw it in the theater? Uh, yes. Sir. I was 3. It was um yeah, it was amazing because uh, no one had there was, you know, there was no social media so no one had any um, you know, clips available to them, so it, every single scene just have people rolling on the floor laughing. And if you've seen it three or four times, you know, you, you anticipate what's coming. It's still, you still get a smile, but the, you know, just seeing, seeing this offbeat humor in a cinema full of uh, viewers for the first time was, was a fun experience. Yeah. Uh, I've, I don't think I've, uh, I ever, yeah. Even like, you know, late later, I don't think I've seen a special screening of it or anything, a midnight movie or something. Yeah. yeah it's like fun in a crowd. It's fun in a crowd. Yeah. All, in fact, all the video watching, um, it's one that you watch in a crowd, you know, you just don't sit there and, and, and watch it by yourself. It was probably fall. It was probably preceded by a pink Panther cartoon. You're both young, <laughs> too young to know that. And then inspector Clouseau and then, uh, and then the movie. So it was, it was quite the cinematic, uh, experience. I well, say. And I imagine like the, so there's some scenes in that movie that that fill the screen very well, like the airplane coming through the the uh, the glass, right? Absolutely, yeah. The the, the lady the, jumping in front of the camera and the lady and, jumping and, in front of the camera. That was a shock. <laughs> Biggest boobs ever. That was a shock. <laughs> that that was that was a shock when I when we rented it rather than just because I think <laughs> yeah. you know we watched it on TV when, and then, when you rented it with your mom. <laughs> right, right. Because because it was on TV all the time, and that was like something I had no idea about. And, and then it was it was a sudden shock because it's a, it's one of those things. It's a PG movie, and so I mean that's kind of the joke. Hey, this is a PG movie almost. Yeah, there are all those PG movies before PG thirteen came out where they're like, well, what do we do if there's just boobs for a couple seconds? Like Back to School, right? Like like Beastmaster, like Beastmaster, which was yeah. more than a couple seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like what do we do with this? Well, it's not R. <laughs> yeah. So. Well. Let me let me just I, I mentioned this when we talked about Caddyshack way back when a few years yeah. ago we talked about the movie Caddyshack. I happen to know a story that the the writer of Caddyshack um, he was so happy that he that he made Caddyshack and everyone it was going to be this beloved hit and everyone was going to like it and, it and it was I think it was popular enough right but like Caddyshack came out in one week and I think the following week Airplane came out and he went to go see Airplane and then just had just despair because <laughs> it's like. Uh, okay, this is what comedy is this decade now. Like, this is the future of comedy, and, like, what we did is, like, the past of comedy. And and so he just kind of despaired when Airplane came out. Oh, I like Airplane better. Would you like me to sum it up, by the way, real quick? I guess. I do it pretty quick. Before we talk oh. about it? Yeah. Sure. Oh, yes. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> so, by the way, uh, Airplane is essentially the movie Zero Hour, but it's funny. And they bought the rights to Zero Hour, so there wouldn't be any copyright problems because you have like the same names of characters and essentially the same plot with the bad fish. Everything is there from Zero Hour. We should have watched Zero Hour instead of The Fifth Element when we did (laughs) movies with numbers in their names that aren't sequels because Fifth isn't really a number. We should have watched Zero Hour. That would have been great. Yeah. Well, what can I say? It's too late, John. Mm -hmm. So... 
The point is, in this movie, you have an airplane, and it's in the sky, and the weather's bad, and they're going to have to land at some point. But complicating the issue is that everyone has eaten, well, half the passengers have eaten the fish, which, by the way, why would you ever eat the fish on an airplane? <laughs> it's not like they're grilling it on the plane. There's no way it's going to be good fish. So that's just a bad choice. It, it, it was like, I mean, it's not just fish fillets. It's like an, an actual fish, you know, yeah. like in a fancy restaurant. You know, when Captain Overlooks glances over at the fish he ate, all the bones are there. This is back in the day when you actually got a meal on an airplane. Sometimes on international flights... Like I went on Iceland Air and they gave us a sandwich. That was nice. But there's no such thing as a domestic flight anymore that just gives you a meal unless you pay for it that I've seen, unless you're flying first class. So, but that was, that, those were the days when you could get disgusting fish. Anyway, the mm. point is that we have, uh, well, there's no point. Um, there's just a <laughs> lot of gags in this movie. But we got some good uh, actors. We are two pilots. We have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who, who says he's someone else, but then when pushed to the limit, it turns out he is, right? And that's pretty right. funny. Uh, you have the other pilot. I don't remember the character's name, but he loves gladi- gladiator movies. Cl- Clarence Over. Clarence Over. That's right, Over, because you got Over and you got Roger and, and someone else. Yeah. So, yeah, he he would have been right at home with us when we were watching Spartacus. He loves <laughs> he loves gladiator movies. Uh, let's see. You have the, I guess back then you would call them stewardesses, played by Julie Haggerty. She's the flight attendant. And she has a past relationship with another passenger on the plane. And I think he hopped on the plane because he wants to talk to her or reconcile yes, with her. Exactly. Right. And his, what's his, uh, I'm so awful. Ted Stryker. Ted Stryker. He's Stryker. That's right. So Ted Stryker was an ex Navy pilot. We're going to talk about this later. He says he was an ex Air Force pilot. There's a problem. But anyway, in the war in Vietnam, he had a mental breakdown and he just can't fly anymore and he's developed a serious drinking problem. It wasn't the war in Vietnam. It was, it was, it was some, it was some war that the United States fought in a place called Macho Grande. Oh, was it just a made up war? (laughs) Which, yeah, they were fighting some, for some reason. Five years before this movie, you were fighting somewhere Spanish, somewhere <laughs> Macho Grande. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. they wanted. I think they wanted to take the 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 sens- sensitive Vietnam issue out of it. This is still oh. back in the eighties. You know, it was filmed in filmed in the seventies, so it was still a little bit of a. So they made up a war just uh. for the for the movie. So I guess similar to when the Tom Clancy movie, The Sum of All Fears came out, which is famous for being about uh, like Islamic terrorism, but then it, they started making it right before 9-11 and they're like, uh, how about the Russians? Aren't they good bad guys? <laughs> Let's shift. So, uh, or Nazis. Nazis are always a good bad guy. You can always do the Nazis. So the, anyway, anyway, the two pilots also ate the fish. It's no good. The autopilot comes on. Uh, but isn't enough to to fly the plane. And they got to land the plane. I guess the autopilot can't land the plane. I've only done one uh, flight where I was kind of a co-pilot. I, I, my wife paid for some group on where I did like a training flight. And he let me take off and that was fun, but there was no way he was going to let me land. That's the tricky part. Mm-hmm. So the only pilot on board is Stryker and he doesn't want to do it, but he gets pressed into doing it. Long story short, uh, he does successfully land the plane. It's very harrowing. He has to communicate with his ex-commander from uh, Macho Grande, played by Robert Stack. I love Robert Stack. Amazing. And uh, anyway, all's well that ends well, except for everyone that dies from the pit, the fish poisoning, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's the bones of the movie. And the point of this movie is just to have an enormous number of uh, gags. I and love how, like, if we just took it by what you said, it's kind of like, this sounds like a very harrowing movie. 
So can I say what this movie reminds me of is we've we did we did Doctor Strange Love a long long time ago and Kubrick started filming that and meant it to be a serious film and he's like this is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he switched gears, right? And so that's what this is. This is like a, a very funny version of a disaster film. Um, but anyway, now we can just talk about the the funny stuff if you guys want. Or well, what yeah, you it. mentioned you mentioned Roy about uh, some people uh, you know were dying. Uh, no, I don't think anyone died from the fish. I like to pretend. You know, I I, I know, but the funny thing for me is that because I was looking at how people pointed out goofs, and they're like so particular. His shirt is wet here, and it's not wet in the next scene. People hung themselves and blew themselves up. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, and and committed kamikaze on the plane. And it's like that. That's not a goof when when they you know they they're not sitting in their you know. The, the, the skeleton's not sitting in the seat anymore. But if someone, yeah. you know, if someone has a tie that's that's flipped over one shoulder and not the other, that's a goof. Yeah. Yes. That's now, that's pretty good. I forgot all the deaths can be attributed to how boring uh, Stryker is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to say when when this movie was picked, this was one of those movies where I'm like, I know people love this movie, but and and John, I uh, I think we differ a little bit because John loves the the what he called the naked gun movies. And I think they're all right, but they're not my favorite. I really like police squad and this is all kind of the same humor. And so I went into watching this uh, and I'd seen it before, but it'd been a long time. And I, I kind of settled in. I'm like, okay, I know that this movie is loved by a lot of people and, and I'm, I'm sure I'll have a few laughs, but this was really funny. And Good. I really enjoyed watching this. I had a great time. I, and I was laughing out loud at many of the jokes. Like some of the jokes are so stupid and simple. Like the, the, the ticket that like starts smoking, like, I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but I was laughing pretty hard. Um, I, I found the same thing to be true. I mean, I hadn't seen the movie for, for you know, 30 years since it came out. But um, what, what I found uh, in, funny and almost disconcerting was the um, the jokes had a different to, tone and flavor in the 80s that I don't think you could use them again. I mean, they were was, there was not very sensitive to to so many, um, you know, groups of people like like um, race and and uh, uh, and uh, handicap people. It was I don't think you that humor doesn't translate forward. And there was a time when uh, it was interesting to see how we were laughing at maybe the wrong things back then. And yeah. now it's, we were reminded about those times, not that we're proud of it, but that's, yeah. that's how, that's how laughter and comedy was. So yeah. this movie doesn't make me feel as uncomfortable as blazing saddles does, but I mean, th- there's yeah, there is worse. There is worse. Yeah. There's, there's some stuff. So, so I'm, I'm getting ready on another podcast to talk about uh, Harry Belafonte. And I don't know if you've seen the Saturday night live skit where <laughs> he's on like hardball with Chris Wallace or whatever. And Chris Matthews. He, Chris Matthews. Yeah, I'm sorry. And uh, they turn to him for a comment. He says, I'm going to say something that a lot of other people are afraid to say. Osama bin Laden is an Uncle Tom. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Chris Matthews goes, I don't even know who that's supposed to offend. <laughs> but uh, no, I think you're right. Like some of these jokes maybe would have a hard time coming through today. Like the 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 lady from, was she from the Brady Bunch? She no, was, no, no, leave, leave it to Beaver. Leave it to yeah. Beaver. Leave it to and Beaver, that, who speaks jive. Right? That was another, I think, element of the film that was unique and new was that they pulled in a lot of all of these actors, or many of these actors, had never been in a comedy before. I mean, from yeah. Leslie Nielsen to Peter Graves to, to to Stock to this this Beaver the Cleaver lady, they had never been in comedies before. So seeing that on the screen also was this, you know, in 1980 was this new revelation of, yeah. you know, everyone can be funny. Does this predate Police Squad? Yes. Yes, it was. It was the yeah. It was. It was the sort of in the theme of uh, airplane. The police squad sort of took off with some of the same actors and writers. Yeah, yeah. I think I think police squad was like 1982. Like so, okay. just right so after this. 
because I'm getting into some 1970s TV, and I know Leslie Nielsen made his rounds, and I, I don't see them as comedic roles on some of the shows in the 1970s that I've been watching him on. And so this is this is this like this is it? This is it? This is his yeah. first foray mm-hmm. into comedy. That is so weird. Okay, a couple parts that you were mentioning that I just yeah. I just I have to I have to think about. Uh, you know, speaking of offense, and okay, <laughs> let's let's kind of theoretically break down the humor and the offense of this. And I, the, the air Israel airplane having a beard and a scarf. The, I don't, the air Israel. Do Jews wear scarves? I don't understand what the scarf was there, there for. There's a lot of anti-Semitism in this movie. I'll, I'll yes. go ahead and get to that. The including the, amazing. The, 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 the light reading, light reading. Of, of the leaflet for famous Jewish sports legends, <laughs> which uh, the other grandma, not Barbara Billingsley, but the other grandma says, Oh, that would be a good light reading. Thank you. And she just kind of looks <laughs> at the leaflet, which I think I, I, um, I actually went to an anti-Semitism um, seminar and it wasn't a seminar about how to be anti-Semitic. I just want to make that. Clear. <laughs> oh, that's good. It, it was a, um, it was, uh, you know, yeah, that work. was in the other conference room across the hall. <laughs> right. No, it, it, it was, but like it, it was taught by a Jew and he said, this is the history of anti-Semitism. This is how we should root out anti-Semitism in the workplace and yeah, it was like a seminar like that and he brought up this joke and I was like oh no he's going to say I can't laugh at that joke anymore he's like this is a good example of a joke I like this joke that's a good joke you know for whatever reason I don't even I can't remember his reasoning but all I I was just thankful that I could laugh at that joke but no the big thing the big thing probably the hairiest trickiest conversation to have is the two jive talking guys yeah and uh, now the thing is and I, I mean I maintain that the joke is more on white people than black people. This is just, and this is just me just being really white, but you know, growing up, Dale, I don't know if you remember this, but when, when, when they would talk and they would have the subtitles, I didn't realize, and this is me being so white. I didn't realize <laughs> that what they were saying actually was making sense. That it wasn't just a bunch of random words, it was just that, gibberish. In yeah. fact, yeah. In fact, um, the Beaver Cleaver lady, uh, she actually spent some time with them to learn jive for her role, <laughs> and and that's what I found hilarious is that they were all you know, everyone at the time. Everyone was in on the joke. So it wasn't yeah. people, you know, people didn't start, um, you know, becoming offended, openly offended until something shifted a little bit later on. I'm not saying it was okay, but it, everyone was in on the joke back then. We were all laughing at ourselves. Even the moments of, I remember clearly it was, I was, I must've been uh, 16, 15 or 16, all the jokes about gladiators. And <laughs> if you ever seen a grown man naked and stuff, and we were just rolling <laughs> on the floor. We thought it was the funniest thing. We were rolling on the floor. And of course now that's not really appropriate. Yeah. You, you can't get away with that in a comedy. It, you it know, was you weirdly may, more yeah. random back then. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. It, and it's more, Oh, it's like, oh, there's meaning behind it now. Now now, now we kind of think about it just a little bit more. But like going back to the jive talkers, I, I think the big key in it is like they say one word that you get. And that's like at the very end, at the very end of his like his you know, complaint, about, he goes, she like that. <laughs> and then the subtitles come up and they say, golly. Yeah, golly. <laughs> <laughs> which which so, is like, I think that's the joke is like, okay, hey, white people, that's what this word means, golly. And it's just yeah. kind of, it's kind of poking fun of the squareness of, you know, whoever's watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The joke was on us. The joke was on do us. You, yeah. Do time. you remember when this nation lost its collective mind over the topic of abonics a couple decades ago right 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 i kind of remember 
Yeah, and so it, so by the way, there's a great podcast called "You're Wrong About" um, mm. with uh, Sarah Marshall, who by the way podcast. wrote a great article about Tanya Harding, which then led me to watch I Tanya, which is a great movie. I would this anyway. This whole thing, but but like apparently in Oakland, there were some schools where where the teachers, if they were educated to how um, the black people were speaking at home with their families, then they could better communicate with their students. And then it blew up to this whole thing, like and the blacks want their own language. Right. And it was just, and this country went crazy and it's yeah. just, it's just insane. And so, yeah, the, this joke, I, I, I think it still plays and I think it's still uh, funny, but it's, just, it's crazy. And mostly it's crazy how crazy white people get over this. Yeah. yeah I think, I think there's a certain um, awkwardness that we, that we feel obligated to, to, to feel when you hear this, when again, back then it was just, everyone's having some fun and maybe it got out of control. Maybe it went from there, blew up a bit. And we had to, you know, we had to, um, check, check, you know, and, and, and phase, yeah. phase down a little bit, but, um, it was in the, in the theater in 1980, 81, it was just, the, it was the most hilarious thing to see every one of these jokes they, because every single joke passed. There was not one joke that fell flat. That yeah. was the thing about this movie is that you know every gag has you know has, has even the stupid ones. I would have to actually say that the most stupid ones were the were the ones that were when he comes in and says, um, you know, I just want you to know we're all counting on you. He says it three times. We were just dying on. We were just laughing to to death. It was great. <laughs> so I I do I do have a, a joke that that I don't fully understand. When the IV comes out of that girl, and every time the IV's out, she goes into fish face mode. Yeah, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> It's lack the, of IV causes fish face. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't an IV. It was it was it was air. It was air pressure into to her, her head. Her, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do love. I think they had someone like this. People are starting to go crazy. This one person thinks they're Ethel Merman, and then you have the Ethel Merman cameo, which might be the best cameo. Oh, spoiler uh, of the yeah. movie. It's it, it's great. Um, <laughs> so, and then I, I think at the end, after they land and there's fireworks, <laughs> like someone. Just has fireworks ready in case of an emergency landing for celebration. Yeah, um, I thought like that. Those are pretty good. I mean, you're that's, right. Like every single joke is uh, is really good. Well, I, let me let me mention one that I totally didn't get as a child because I never heard this term. I never heard the term drinking problem. Like I oh. didn't know what that <laughs> meant. I didn't know it had anything to do with alcohol or just whatever. And like. <laughs> And when he has a drinking problem and he can't get the cup to his face and he splashes himself, he, he can't reach his mouth with a cup of water. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, that would be a drinking problem. Why is everyone <laughs> laughing? It's serious. What if you had this problem? <laughs> it was it was like a little too absurd for me because I wasn't uh-huh. aware of the term. Yeah. You didn't grow. You, Kay didn't have a serious drinking problem that you had to deal with. No, no. Oh, so that's good. I mean, so but I I developed a drinking problem at the dinner table. I think like, <laughs> I have a drinking problem. <laughs> Splash myself. Yeah, we could talk. Actually, we could talk for hours and hours about each gag and how it represents something. You know, from yeah. a past movie, or I mean, the horse in bed. You know, it's just normally a horse head. <laughs> it's a horse head in the Godfather movies, and then and then she's taking it to a whole another level. And yeah. uh, it was it was it was irreverent. It was irreverent, and it was. It is. It is irreverent, and it's just politically incorrect. And going into a movie theater and laughing about all this, and then walking out and being civil, you know, yeah. that's what we've lost. That's what we've lost because we we can't mm-hmm. even feel like we need we can afford to spend a moment and just laugh at ourselves. Uh, it, it, everything has to be all the time, um, you know, woke and, and and politically correct, and it's it takes a lot of fun out of it. But you know, 
there, there's some stuff that maybe we should have cleaned up a little earlier, and we find that in this film. <laughs> yeah, and I, I find so it's it's the the groups that that are apparently we're allowed to laugh at the the longest, right? And and we finally like change and and like we you guys said with like the gladiator movie stuff, like like it was it, it just took a long time before someone finally said maybe it's not okay to make fun of gay people, right? And and so I, like that joke's kind of un, uncomfortable. Um, also, and, but then also it's like it's in the pedophile range, exactly, too, right? exactly. Yes, and yes. that and that then that bridge that link was prevalent, prevalent prevalent back then. So it was you know you're gay, then then you're a pedophile as well. It's yeah. synonymous. And so uh, that was that was uncomfortable for a lot of um, you know. And I'm sure they got a little bit of a backfire from that as well. Uh, but they were they were actually joking about a very serious crime. And it was all sort of masquerades as just you know just a homosexual bent by the by the pilot, but it was it was obviously more than that. And we see that again in there's another scene I'll bring up later in the wards where there's another uncomfortable uh, situation that that we just laughed at in, in 1979, 1980 that wouldn't be appropriate today. Yeah, and it, it's so bizarre that, that you had that idea, and I think it, it obviously still persists because you have an entire state. Of Florida, where you can't even talk about sexual orientation because it might groom children to a pedophilic relationship, right? Which is just like so completely unfounded. And, and my understanding is most pedophiles identify as heterosexual. So it's so bizarre that we, that, that link uh, still exists. And it's to, really upsetting. And I hate steal, the state of Florida, huh? To steal a quote from Shawshank already, um, Morgan Freeman at one point says um, they, they wouldn't qualify as homosexuals because they have to qualify as humans first. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so, sorry, jumping ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Oh, that's a good, that's a, that's a good link. Okay. To, to be even more serious. Um, I do. I, I don't know if you guys saw this on the special features DVD. I have the DVD of airplane <laughs> and, uh, there are special features where they actually interview, uh, the two jive talkers like 30 years later or whatever. Is it yeah. subtitled? And <laughs> you gotta, you got ahead of me. Um, <laughs> they're, they're speaking, uh, the, the two of them are saying, yeah, we tried out and then we, stepped aside, we de- kind of developed our jive talk, we developed what we we're going to do. And we, you know, we really worked with it. We worked with the Zuckers and they, you know, they did this, they said, you guys go for it. And then, and you know, we, we went back and forth and you know, it was only an afternoon, but we developed the whole thing and it was great. We were all laughing. It was good. Anyway, during the course of their interview, their interview is subtitled in jive talk. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's good. That's good. Oh, that's funny. There was a one. I, I have the. I have a, um, sort of my unique uh, perspective of being in 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 Europe or outside the United States and being able to see how movies have a success or they're appreciated. An airplane is uh, is it's a classic in in Italy and in France. It's just that they love airplane. Airplane was was a had it was a huge uh, success and to the point that I, I was looking some of the trivia on some of these films and to the point that it, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was interviewed in in in, uh, uh, in a European talk show uh, no he's, he's interviewed in an American talk show and he told a story of when he was actually on a European flight and he was asked to sit in an empty seat in the cockpit during takeoff so oh wow the, so that the crew could say that they flew with Roger Murdoch <laughs> not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> he was more famous for his role in the movie because they didn't, you know, they, they didn't watch American basketball at the time in the 70s and 80s. So he was more famous for that role in the movie than he was. So they said, do you mind sitting in the front? Wow, we flew with Roger Murdoch. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's, that's great. Good. Yeah, I could talk about Black Like My Men. I have to mention that. 
let me let me also mention a couple of tidbits um, that won't okay. make the awards. But there was a couple of improvisations as well. So when the when the stewardess tries to calm down one of the hysterical passengers, the one who and this is another this is a commercial. So there's so many commercials that were spoofed as well. That's funny. He never has a second cup of coffee at home, and that that was from a commercial at the time. And so so the the the, the stewardess was like shaking her. He's like, you know, you need to calm down. And then and then one guy says, I'll take care of this. And the rest of the cast was kind of bored, and they and they kind of got in line, and they all grabbed something, and they were and they filmed it. So those were some <laughs> of the, the fun of the filming of that movie is they actually improvised that on spot. And oh, then the wow. other thing I had, I just got one more. Uh, you know, the argument at the very beginning of the film uh, in the summary, skip that, Roy. But they're um, at the they're at the airport, and and the in the eight seventies, you were always approached in the airport. It's like a place where you would be given, you know, you'd be asked to donate to this or donate to that. Lots of you know, strange religions were trying to contact people. It's just a place where people hung out but yeah. uh the on the over um on the intercom where they're saying the white zone is for unloading and loading only please do not park in you know in the red zone Th- that's actually the couple that's actually the man and woman who did the recordings at lax and it's <laughs> their voices and it's the real announcements and they're actually married to each other oh fun, wow fun that's trivia. awesome oh yeah. my god they're married to each other <laughs> yeah oh that life. that that makes me kind of not laugh at their dialogue <laughs> <laughs> that actually takes sucks some of the humor away. It's yeah, like that's oh, the that's only, too that's real. The only real drama in the in the in the movie was the drama between them. They got they got back together. They ironed it out, but they were actually holy quite upset with each other. Holy cow! No, that's that's funny. <laughs> okay, it, no. it, was, it was that level of fun when it came out that it was just so um, it was just so easy to 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 recognize so many of the of the gags as as being you know spoofs and etc. So well, it is weird how much of a time. It is. I mean, we complain about a lot of like, you know, I don't know, movies today, like Shrek movies and a lot of parody movies that kind of try to parody Airplane. And one of our big complaints is, you know, they make they make fun of something like a flash in the pan currently, which is sort of, you know, a combination of punching down a little bit. And also it's like, you know, no one's going to watch We Are the Spartans or, you know, whatever that, you know, that movie that was parodying 300 that came out like a year after the movie 300, you know, and it's just like, we kind of dismissed it as like, why are you making fun of this? But the weird thing about airplane is like you said, it does have all these classic jokes, but it's also riddled with jokes completely of its time, like that commercial thing. And the whole, when I was a kid and I watched the parody of the disco scene with staying alive, the BG staying alive song, and they just played staying alive. I, I I didn't have like a connection. I didn't have a, a time. I figured the seventies were decades, decades in the past, but it was, that song was popular seriously, like two years before airplane. Yep. And, and the whole point of that scene is just like, look how I, well, actually I don't know the point. I, I mean, it was almost like a contemporary thing. It's just like, okay, we're going to dance to something contemporary. And but it was like goofy. a Saturday, it was more like a Saturday night live skit about, you know, yeah. of, you know contemporary pop culture and they just took it to they they did the dance they took it to new extremes and it was in a bar where there was a fight between two two girl scouts what was that yeah yeah <laughs> but but it was like it was almost like that was the point where okay this movie was this song was parodied in airplane i think now everyone in in the in the plane flies over a thing this this movie okay sorry this movie is very anti-disco for some reason. I think this movie spurred the anti-disco moment because the the plane also <laughs> it, it also crashes into the uh, the disco 
radio station. It's like WDRD, where disco will never die, and then the plane hits the antenna and knocks but, it but off. But John, <laughs> I think that it was. I think you're right. It's not a joke. I think it was riding the crest of the mm-hmm. the new trend that disco by by 1980 disco was was disco was dead. So they were sort of celebrating that as well and having fun with it. Yeah, yeah, they were having fun with it. And now today, I'm I'm realizing all growing up, I think because of this movie and because I grew up in the 80s, I was just like disco sucks even though kind of I was listening to disco when I was listening to, you know, Britpop and stuff like that. That's you know, that's more dance music than than rock music and everything. But uh the the anti-disco of the early 80s, it it was uh Looking back, it's like maybe I should have accepted disco at that time because disco was more well, of an the, accepting we, art form than we had the well, British and, invasion. There was no room yeah. for both. Well, but eighties dance music is it was still fairly similar to disco, right? I, I mean, because yeah. because you had I mean you had like the backlash against disco, which uh, I don't know. We don't have to get into a whole thing, but like disco it's was weird. an outgrowth of Motown, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. And right. it was kind of like the music industry is being taken over by them again. And so, and it was, and so there was a little bit of a racism a element to bit. the disco backlash, right? Yeah. But then I swear, like popular '80s dance music was it was like disco, but we're not calling it disco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what I loved. And then it took me thirty years later to really enjoy disco. But yeah, because I because I grew up disliking disco in the '80s. At least, at least you know th- it was a semantic thing, though. Yeah. Just, so no, man. So I I love it now, and I got to say, my favorite Grateful Dead album of all time is the one where they they dip into disco. They di- they <laughs> shake disco. down street. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A Boney M had some good stuff. I like that. Okay. I think that's the movie airplane. That is the movie airplane. Okay. With an exclamation point. John, please yeah. do the entire sum up in Italian. Uh, <laughs> or Sicilian. You can do Sicilian. <laughs> I, you, you can't see it. I am, I'm not speaking in Italian, but I am You're kind of gesturing with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind Just of, add an A at the end of every word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a movie. Uh, we can, then we can get, we can get, we can finally get some real racism going in our podcast. It'll be great. Okay, great. Let's start. Great, it uh, yeah. Uh, Cinema Paradiso. 19. Actually, it says it's 1988, but then it says like it was the finalist for the, uh, at the beginning, there's this big thing about like all the, awards it won and we won we won lots of awards that was the opening credits right right it's like so uh just you know that was prepping us you were watching the academy award edition i guess so yeah the it was two hour DVD. version yeah, yeah the two hour version it's on dvd and it says finalist for the oscars in 1990 so i think it took a while to get to the oscars but i don't know whatever that's not important right now it's a place where sick people are but that's not important right okay this guy his name is uh, toto <laughs> his mother is calling him and his sister says you know he's not going to remember it's been 30 years and i'm like what's going on what's going on and uh toto gets the message from his bell du jour and uh turns out someone named alfredo died and then he has this big long flashback he's growing up in sicily and he's hanging out with his very abusive mother. Yeah. John, have you seen Belle du Jour? I have not seen Belle du Jour. So that's a, that's a great film. Yeah. It's Ca- how do you say her last name? Catherine Deneuve. 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 Yeah. yeah uh, Deneuve. Uh, Dale, did you, were you a fan of Catherine Deneuve when you oh, yeah. visited France for the first time? Mm-hmm. She's great in the, uh, she's great in the, is it the umbrellas of Cherbourg? And then also we did that one, what the, the two young girls of Roquefort. She's great in everything she she does. She's the... Have you seen Repulsion? No. Mm, no. Oh, she's so good in Repulsion. Oh, oh never, so I've been meaning to. Yeah. She's good in everything. 
Anyway, okay. All right. Okay. On. Sorry. That was that was a that was the thing. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> his mother is beating him nearly to death in the street in Sicily, uh, and then he is saved by a guy named Alfredo. Alfredo is the uh, projectionist to the local movie theater. And actually, and this is something I kind of am not familiar with. So was the theater owned by the church? Yeah. Initially, it was mm-hmm. owned by the church for whatever reason. I'm sure there's a big story there. Uh, but he's a projectionist there, and he's the only one in town who can do it. And also, it's the only thing he can do in his life. He's like, you know, uh, you know, don't be like me. Like, I'm very good at projectioning, but, uh, you know, I want to do other things with my life. The thing about this theater is it's actually, they supplanted the little tiny movie theater from Three Amigos, where they see the Three Amigos in action. <laughs> they supplanted that theater and put it in Sicily. It's very charming. Uh, but also, Is that your pr- recurring character? Uh, it could have been. I meant to. I think I did write it down as a possibility. There are so many. There are so many. <laughs> <laughs> but the priest, he's also uh, he moonlights as the uh, is the head curator of the BYU's varsity theater <laughs> because because uh, he goes through and he watches all the movies and he takes out everything uh, objectionable specifically and he's very fascinating he thinks no one in the world should ever kiss each other anymore like kissing is probably what's led the world to be evil and so he has in public i guess so i guess so so he has alfredo he like it's it's kind of an interesting thing they do where they're watching he's watching a movie and whenever there's kissing he rings a bell and then alfredo hears it up in the projection booth and he puts a little bookmark in the film and then he takes the film at the end, he finds where all the bookmarks are, and then he snips out all the kissing scenes, then he re-edits them together, and then they show the movie. And which seems like such a pain to do, because Alfredo also, because they, they only rent the movies, right? The movies that come through, like any other movie. Yeah, he's got to fix them afterwards. He's got to fix them in. afterwards, yeah. Or he's supposed to, let's say. No spoiler. Right, right. This guy, Toto, who the, you know, we... He's our eyes. He's not supposed to be hanging out at the movie theaters. Mom says he wastes too much time with the movies, but he still finds a way to hang out with Alfredo. They develop a friendship. You know, sometimes it's a little hot and cold. Sometimes they argue with each other a little bit, but pretty much uh, uh, Toto owns Alfredo's soul when he helps him with the, I guess, elementary school equivalency exam. Uh, when Alfredo comes in to uh, take his take his test to graduate from school of of some sort, and he copies off of Toto's paper, so that enables him to uh, uh, still stay in the projection booth. Unfortunately, tragically though, uh, because this is back in the day when film was. If you ever saw uh, Inglorious Bastards, it's where I learned this. Uh, film is highly flammable. Because of negligence in the booth, Alfredo accidentally uh, starts the booth on fire and he tries to put out the fire. And as a result, he is seriously injured and blinded. He puts out the fire with his eyes, apparently. He, yeah. There's so much moisture in those eyes. So, I mean, it seems <laughs> like it would be a great idea to do that, to, to do it that way. Trip your tears. On the fire. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, we lose a legend. He has a difficult time projectioning, but he can hear projection stuff. He kind of, it's its like, he's so good at it. He can kind of know when a scene is ending. Yeah. You know, he's like, hey, it's time to change that thing. When he's hanging out with, because, you know, now, of course, Toto is up in the booth uh, and he can tell him when to when to change the, the reels. Anyway, Toto becomes a man in front of our eyes, like weird magic trick. He uses his, 
his uh, projection his projectionist position to um, lure women up to the projection booth, specifically <laughs> one woman. Not true. Hey, you, and you missed also one important point. Sorry okay, John, okay, to okay. cut you off that they did. So that the actual cinema burned down. Oh, oh, they had to rebuild right. the cinema. So that's, that's kind of, that's why it's nuovo. nuovo so they rebuilt the same cinema. Yes. And the new cinema can now show Hinders. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. But there's some sketchy stuff. This is another thing I didn't quite get. The person who bankrolled the cinema the second time was the guy who won the lottery that is in, the, in the square. It's like, okay. like a football lottery. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so uh, okay, so that's that's perfect. So uh, he takes the cinema away from the church, mm-hmm. and they're like, we're going to show smut in this theater. So now the whole town goes and sees the smut. It's not really smut, but it's European. And there's <laughs> smut on the screen and off the screen because there's a little bit more, you know, oh my hanky gosh. going on. Yeah. Some yeah. guy's getting real friendly with his wife or girl or whatever well, in the or audience. Or a person standing in front of him. Well, yeah. The whole front row is also busy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. You, it, it's, that is, have you no shame, young boys who have no <laughs> dates? <laughs> uh, okay. So there is quite a love story between him and Elena. Uh, and he goes... But it, it ends. We'll just say that. She has to go away to school. She has to do something. Her family's leaving. Something happens. Um, and he's supposed to meet her somewhere. And they just never see each other again. It's one of those things when you're young and you fall in love. Yeah. And you know and you it's don't the have summer. A, and you don't have a boom box to hold up with both. You don't have a boom <laughs> yeah, box. Know, and, you <laughs> and and you don't have Facebook and you don't you know you can't find yeah. it, each other again. So are we are we to understand that because he loses the love of his life, that's why he's never able to settle down, and then he just has his his girl of the week or belle de jour, like you said. That's See, why he that is a possibility. Yeah, I think so. And in the director's cut, you know, we're not talking about that, but um, it is a little bit more elaborated uh, on how much he still was in love with her, and and then actually sort of a different, teeny teeny, teeny different ending as well. So we get more of that story, that subplot in in another cut, another edition. So the the thing is this this love story and they never see each other again. This is like I think one of my very favorite movies this movie called Sing Street that we haven't touched on this podcast, but one of my sort of complaints about the movie Sing Street is that he kind of winds up with the girl um, at the end, because uh, just really quick summary of Sing Street, this kid forms a band in the 80s in Ireland to impress a girl his trying to impress the girl leads him into a kind of a passion for making music and making really great eighties music and stuff. And, but he does wind up with a girl, but I kind of wish he didn't end up with a girl because I like the idea of, you know, his passion for a girl leading to his passion of another thing and leading to his creativity of his young life. And I think the same thing kind of happens here. You know, this relationship with this girl, it, it's kind of, it's like kind of less connected to the, to his passion of, of movie making or whatever. When that happens, um, Alfredo says to him, get out of here. Don't become like me. Don't just be a projectionist, you know, make things. Don't just show things. And, uh, and so he goes off and apparently he becomes a world famous director. I kind of, although it seems more like he becomes a world famous financial analyst or something. Cause he just, yeah, it, that? Is it, is, 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 does he become a director? It doesn't feel clear to me what he becomes, but someone to- says to him, 
hey, I really loved your last film. Yeah, there's some subtleties. There's some nuance. And he has become a famous director. And just by the size of the house he lives in and the, you know, the way he carries himself, there's there's like just a couple of hints, but it's not in your face. It's not, he's not, you know, he's not accepting an award that makes it obvious. But yeah, he did become a famous director. So he's like our placeholder for a Fellini or something. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'm hoping maybe an Argento and people just love his... (laughs) His yeah, seventy slashers drawing from drawing from all of his beatings by his mom. That, that <laughs> yeah, gave him, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. So it is thirty years later. We wrap back to the beginning. They go to the funeral and they demolish the cinema paradiso. And he looks into the crowd. He sees old versions of all his friends growing up watching the movies. Is it the priest or his mom or Alfredo's person family member that gives him a gift he receives a gift going back to the town that he grew up that he hasn't visited in 30 years and it's a reel and he doesn't get to watch it in the cinema paradiso which is actually kind of tragic in its own way and he goes back to his own like screening room or wherever you know wherever it is and it is a reel that alfredo apparently put together and it's just a splicing together of all the kissing scenes that were cut out um, that he used to try to peep at when he was a boy. Um, and a lot of the kissing it. scenes that you would have recognized from films that you've seen, you know, before. So yeah. They're not some random them. kissing. Want to know them? <laughs> you got uh, yeah. the list. Some, some I mean, of them we watched on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys want to shout out the ones you recognize and I, and we can fill in the blanks? Well, there's, um, we recognize the adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn. Yeah. And Olivia yeah that was the that most was, recent one. Yeah. Yeah. So also uh, you probably recognize uh, it's a wonderful life. Yes. Oh, I missed that actually. That's yes, the hats. Okay. Yeah. So let's see. There, there's a few more. There's um, a lot of them are Italian. A lot of them are Italian films. A lot of them are Italian. But you right. have His Girl Friday with Cary Grant. Okay. Sure. Uh, let's see. The Gold Rush with Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, do. I mean, I recognize Chaplin. Let's see. A Farewell to Arms with Gary Cooper. Uh, what do you call it? With uh, Spencer Tracy and Bergman. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay, okay. And they were all, it was interesting because they were all, you can keep up with the list, Roy, this is interesting, but they were all, you know, you know, passionate, passionate kissing scenes. It wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, uh, it, it wasn't just gratuitous sex or nudity. It was, you yeah. know, the passion of it all. So we kind of put that together with the best of the best. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chained with Clark Gable and Joan Crawford. Grand Hotel with Garbo and Barrymore. Uh, Platinum Blonde with Gene Harlow and Ooh, Robert Williams. Very nice. And John, yeah, you had then, seen uh, only that. That you had only, that's, seen only that's the, the final scene. The before, only so scene you or Jeff showed me that they said, mm-hmm. "Okay, so yeah, he comes back here, and he's like, and this is just a great scene." And so then I saw that scene in it. Like I guess it so had you're anticipating it. So wait, I, one, I of your, it one of your brothers said, "Hey, John, do you like kissing?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was when we were trying to teach him how to kiss, and we, we said, "Hey, well, um, you can only kiss your hands so much." So here's, a, here's this clip. That's so funny. <laughs> here's here's a promotional film. Yeah. So anyway, that is Cinema Paradiso. And what do you think, John? I mean, without giving anything away, were you, was it long? Was it too long? Was it too extended? Was it too, I, was it, were you pleasantly surprised with? It was uh, the two hour version. It was just right. Good. Yeah. I, I'm actually kind of, I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised there's a three hour version 
Like, I don't know what it would be even. Yeah, we can go into that. But um, it's, 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 I'm glad we watched the two-hour version because it was, it was concise enough and told the story and you get the idea and the music was the same. And, the, you know, the, 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 they didn't introduce any extra characters. There's just a little bit more development in the characters. But I, 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 was, I chose this one as the one that really did, of all the three, this was the one that, 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 that did make me, it shaped me. And the others are good films that I, that I, that I enjoyed at different times in my life and have, you know, have meaning, but this was, this is really the one that, that, uh, was, uh, says, says more about, about, um, how, how film, and it was, a, it's a movie about movies mm-hmm. as well. There's, there's yeah. so many levels on why I, I really like this, this film. And, and it also was the, um, who also was the catalyst to to pull me into into Europe to live in Europe and to actually oh. ex- uh, explore Italy and to live in Italy. So it was just this sitting in a cinema in Salt Lake. Uh, at one point, I just you know had this epiphany of of uh, lots of stuff, lots of stuff going on. So did, did you see it like at the Tower Theater? I think it was at this one of the broad. I think it was Broadway Theater, right? Right on Second Fourth South. It, it would be, yeah. I mean, it's that's the thing. It's like you're you're kind of seeing it at a small independent little theater i think i was the only one in the theater yeah and 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 it's like it's like oh it's like you know you can it's a like a transference it's like okay this is like this little independent weird community theater can portal me to this other community theater like over you know over the ocean but i mean i i think you know besides it wasn't the movie part that i really appreciated i think it was the town part it's like every every little town you know, has like these, this quirky character and this, in this community. And I also, I really liked how, okay. Cause the one thing I knew about it, the one thing I knew about the movie is like, Oh, that rotten stuff shirt priest, you know, he hates people having fun and he's like ruling the town with an iron fist is kind of what I anticipated, but no, it's like everybody, like including his mother and including the priest and including Alfredo, all of them kind of had these minor human type faults, but everyone in town really loved each other. And yeah, they did. There it, was a, there was like a, that sense of community that I loved. There was a sense of community, and within the community, however, there was. Did you notice on the balcony sat the you know the the higher class money makers, and they sort of just established themselves as a higher class, and then on the bottom were the workers and the workers' families, and that's why yeah. he kind of that's why he spit every once in a while because it was just showing. He was reminding them that he I was guess the except class. for that guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when the, when one guy one guy looked at a girl up there, and they ended up getting married, and then he ended up sitting up there as well. So it's also about class movement, and and uh, there's there's so much you know to unpack I, you know, ultimately. But that was a very subtle thing that I was proud of myself for noticing. Not that, but I didn't realize that he switched seats up to the top. I did notice, like, oh wait, that was the guy and the girl who were looking at each other. Now they're sitting together, and now it shows them with a the kid. I noticed that as the years went by, but I did not realize the class mobility aspect. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay, huh? So I saw this movie at BYU. Just I, because um, we had that freshman film. Did class. they cut out the uh, kissing scene at the end? <laughs> No, but I'm sure they edited out the nudity in between, right? Right. Some yeah. of the scenes. You and I took the same freshman film class. I don't remember watching a, a lot of foreign films. So, uh, but we did watch some, and I and I swear this was one of them. I switched, so that's why I'm a little surprised you hadn't seen this because I thought maybe that you had been forced to at BYU. It's possible that 
we were just going to see foreign films because we wanted to at the the foreign film theater there. Yeah. And I know Ammon and I saw like a Czechoslovakian version of Faust, which was so freaking bizarre. Yeah. And and so I saw that. I'm like, this is what foreign film is like. And I knew it. And I could write it. it, All my preconceived notions were 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 validated because of how weird this Czechoslovakian movie was. <laughs> but I mean, we saw some beautiful movies. We saw this and, and like, they just completely opened up my, my eyes and my mind to, to foreign film. We, the world of Apu is a movie I saw there. And I, I may be conflating some of these with my senior year uh, film as art class where I would have gone with Valerie to see quite a few of these movies. But, and then to raise the red lantern was another one. Then we saw like this, this French romance, which was like uh, made in the eighties, but it was cute. And I just, and so I just, this is one of those movies that that taught me that that foreign films can be great, right? And and so I have a, a good memory of this movie. And I was I sat through the whole movie and I enjoyed the whole movie, but I just I couldn't wait to get to the end. I just love the final scene when he's he's watching the the kissing reel. It's so great. so uh, uh, a nod also about some of the lead actors. So Toto as a as a as an adult, and and Alfredo. You, did you both realize that they're actually French? They're very, they're very popular French actors. Yes, sir. Yes. And they didn't speak Italian, and so yeah. the whole time that they're, um, you know, acting, they're acting in their like language, and then they were dubbed by I think the I think the Italian dubbers are just um, amazing, and they're famous, uh, they're famous for their skills, and maybe because the language is a little bit similar, but you really can't tell it's not their voice unless you've seen them in other films and you've heard them. And you say this this guy's speaking, you know, with it with a voice that's not his own, but they're very good about that. So it's interesting that they had, and it was French Italian, you know, pro- you know, um, produced. And I think um, it was it was it was um, financed by both the French film societies and academies and, and the Italian, but but they they threw two French in as as two Sicilians with all the talent that they have. But this this film kind of um, it kind of jumped. It's kind of um, jolted the uh, Italian. Um, movie making because it was so popular in the 60s and 70s and there was a there was a um, a lag and there was a gap between some good quality films so this one kind of jump started the the uh, the film industry and how the, how the state supported it so it was really mm, it was really an important film in 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 at least modern mm, Italian filmmaking it's it's again I, I could go on and on it's, it's I'm passionate about it it led to life as beautiful but I'm glad you guys liked it I'm glad you guys seemed to like it oh, yeah. <laughs> I do seem to, yeah. No, and then so, but I, I right, I think we we had movies like this that, like you said, led to Life Is Beautiful and and um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and just a more of a mainstream acceptance of French films. It's not just, uh, hey, I'm gonna go watch this weird new wave French movie uh, with you know two or three people and that that are also weird like me, right? So I mean, this this kind of normalizes foreign films. Started bringing it back into the mainstream, yeah, yeah. Right. I get I, every few years you need. I guess one of those, uh, those big, um, I mean the, yeah, it's, it's like a, a way, like we as Americans need, like we need to get sick of Marvel movies just at the right moment <laughs> <laughs> to, to accept the cinema Paradiso and the crouching tiger, hidden dragon and the, I am curious Parasite. yellow or whatever <laughs> parasite. And, yeah. That's and, and it doesn't hurt that there's a sweeping score, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh that Marconi added and whether you like the, the tune and the recurring theme or not, it's just a, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a nice score as well. And a lot of people bought the soundtrack to have, I know a lot of people say, oh, I haven't seen the film, but I've got the, you know, I got the soundtrack CD. Huh. Yeah, I mean, and and hopefully, like movies like this, when some, when an American sees them, is like, oh, this is this is pretty good. Maybe that like opens up the possibility to, oh, I I could check out 
two young girls of Rochefort, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, or if you're one of the hundreds of people, we're now we're now extrapolating from math that listen to this podcast. <laughs> the hundreds of people, I'm sure, that listen to this podcast. Um, then maybe we've. I, I hope that with us occasionally including a foreign film that we've kind of um, nudged people as well. Oh um, yeah, I'm greatly inflating our possible influence. But it's right. also I have to. It's also a challenge to take notes and read subtitles. Yes, um, sir. And <laughs> when subtitles rough. are there, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I speak Italian, and it was fun to hear also the difference between the Italian and the Sicilian, which I speak less of, uh, if, if any at all. But they, it's interesting how they use Italian in some places, and Sicilian. You don't catch that huh. in the in the subtitles. You don't catch also some of the. I swear, some of the subtitle choice of subtitles was very similar to maybe this is a recurring character as the jive subtitles because they would they would translate something uh in a very clever way in english but they missed it was very vulgar in uh in, in italian and that was kind of cutesy in english and that's that's another that's another fun thing to watch when you're watching a film and you and you got the subtitles but you understand what they're actually saying yeah so it's when we when i watched crouching tiger hidden dragon i was i was being trained as a chinese linguist and and so it similarly that it was fascinating to kind of get the translation there was one thing that i will always remember where uh chow young fat was supposed to say like the subtitle was i believe you are correct but the chinese word he said was sure which just means yes (laughs) (laughs) it just means yes right (laughs) but anyway oh wow that's that's an easy word to remember sure 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 yes there's about 100 different sures in chinese oh dang it okay yeah that uh, that was that's a fun language. By fun, I mean it was awful. Anyway, that was great, Dale. Thank you so much for having us watch this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad it's been it on my list forever. The, it is one of the three best films that we watched for this podcast. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and uh, I also think that uh, a lot of the people that are that are um, tuning into the podcast, a lot of the, the dozens, uh, the dozens of people, the hundred people, hopefully they'll, if they haven't watched it, we'll, we'll go out and, and watch it. And this this is sufficient enough to give them a little boost to to, to find the time to go see it because it's it's worth it. It's, it's really full of a lot of different life lessons, civil lessons, and lessons about love and passion and hope. But we, we'll talk about more of that uh, with the awards. Cool. I think. That so I think you're right about we have probably have as many listeners as there are never nudes that <laughs> in the world. There's literally dozens of them. So <laughs> all right, that was a weird poll out of nowhere. <laughs> okay, is that Cinema Paradiso? That is. is Cinema Paradiso. Okay, well uh, I hope so. We've been talking about the wrong movie this whole time. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Okay, uh, Dale, right, Dale. Last one, The Shawshank Redemption. Now I'm curious because you kind of. You made some cryptic remarks when you picked this one, saying something about like certain aspects of this movie should be criticized, like good or bad, something like that. I don't know if what I said was yeah. What I said was you guys haven't chosen this before. Of all the, th- the hundreds of almost you know three hundred and something movies you've you've done, you hadn't give this one its chance on the you know on the underneath the the, the Roy John you know microscope. And I said let's let's put it under there and see what sort of flaws we can find or, or if there are any. So I wasn't suggesting that there are some. I said let's put this you know out there and let's let's review this one and have it part of your podcast because it deserves it because it's 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 been in so many. I mean, Katie, Katie, bless her heart, love Katie. She just said my favorite film when I announced it last a couple of weeks ago. Oh, this is her favorite film of all yeah, time. She, she's, it's, yeah, she's yeah, it's in her top top three or four. Oh, 
it's right up there, right up there. Yeah. Okay. Am I going to have to temper my remarks? Um, no, you don't, because because that's why I said we can we can criticize it. And in fact, um, before I give the summary, and I'll jump right into the summary, it was not it's not as well received as it would seem if it's like you know the the number one film for writing you know top ten for like it, it actually got quite a. And I'm going to be curious to see what you say compared to what the Los Angeles Times and uh, Washington Post said back in uh, back when it came out, because it's it's not it's not the perfect. Uh, um, the the writing and the you know there, there's some flaws. We'll go into it, that. It, gets, I, you know, it, it has like Forrest Gump level pushback. You know when something gets yeah like yeah. popular like like massively popular. That's a good way yeah. to put so, it. Yeah. So in it fascinatingly, it, it didn't do well at the theater. It only made three million dollars in profit. Right. It cost twenty five and it made twenty eight. So it wasn't like this hit at the theater. But no, it was for a TNT a lot, for a lot of people. There are a lot of people who this is their favorite film. And and if I'm – there's a quote from this film, the real famous quote from this film, right? Get busy living or get busy dying. I have assumed for the last at least five years that that's a Rambo quote because <laughs> Josh keeps quoting it. <laughs> and I was shocked to hear it in this movie. <laughs> have, had you never seen Shawshank Redemption? I'd seen it. It had been a while. And, but so the, the way I feel about Shawshank is the way I feel about The Big Lebowski and the way I feel about the 90s Bulls is that I have a hard time with all those things because everyone seems to think they're the greatest. The bar's so high, yeah. so you're going in and expecting this you know, magical, amazing film. And, and with that introduction, I'll summarize. Let's go. <laughs> go for it. Okay. So, so we've, got a, we've got a story by uh, Stephen King. It's a short story by Stephen King, and it's adapted into this film. It's, uh, I'd say it's a bit of a bromance. There's a, there's a young man who's convicted of a terrible crime. The movie making of this film leads us to believe that maybe he is guilty because we see scenes that show his potential guilt, killing his wife and his wife's lover. He's sentenced to two life uh, sentences in prison. And he gets sent. He gets sent to Shawshank. So the whole film takes place in Shawshank. I apologize. Can I stop you? So it's interesting because when I watch this movie, the way I I believe him from the beginning. But I guess it's possible that you can interpret that as we're we're dependent on his word, and he's not a reliable narrator here. So you were, you were, you were, you were believing uh, Andy when he said he wasn't guilty. Yes, because I thought that's what the movie is showing me. That but what the movie is showing me is him reciting what happened, right? And I will say, like, the circumstantial evidence is avalanche in in nature. And, and so, similarly, as I'm, as I'm listening to the, well, once again, the You're Wrong About podcast, and they're talking about the O.J. Simpson trial, they're like, either he did it or someone beat him to the punch. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was intending to do it. He, he intended to, he had the gun, he intended to, to kill his wife and, and her lover. And we, we assume, I, I assumed when I thought the first time that that was actually the case, and we were going to actually see some sort of redemption um, in that he was going to you know, reform him, him himself, and he was going to um, you know be be uh, ask for forgiveness of his of his of his crime, et cetera, et cetera. So I was I was led down that path. So it's interesting huh, to see how you started it, thinking he was he was innocent, and it could just, have been that. Yeah, I just believed the protagonist, which maybe that's a problem that I have. <laughs> so well, in this case, in this case, the protagonist is right. So I yeah. guess you know it paid off for you. Yeah, sure. But there was a couple of moments in the film where you had to question that because um, anyway, we'll get into it. So he. We go through, he gets into prison. We go through a couple of cliches where he's the new man, so he's abused, in fact, uh, terribly and systematically. He makes a friend.
friend. He begins to little by little find some dignity. And he cleverly, but quietly, I would say, starts making a difference in, in fellow prisoners and prison staff. Just uh, It's a slow oozing, but he finally gets uh, uh, some friends on his side and they finally get to know that he's actually a, a good person. And uh, some of these uh, benefit the warden. Norton, the uh, the prison warden, and he actually becomes dependent on Andy because he's saving all sorts of uh, money and making money on the side, and so he sees Andy as uh, critical to making him uh, a wealthy man, and he's actually so even criminally dependent on Andy, and to the point where he actually has a hot new convict killed because the convict, who's been transferred from another prison, ultimately could have been a witness to have Andy uh, acquitted. So again, this is the first time that we see, uh, really, unless you just believe Andy the whole time, that he's actually innocent. So someone actually has a story that's been told that is identical to the story that that Andy was trying to tell that he didn't kill him, that somebody else did. So we see a little bit of the scene there. He he um, is finally rewarded after insists on. Uh, the humanitarian side. He's re- rewarded with funds for the library. He brings in books. He brings in some music. He even ends up playing some Mozart on a loudspeaker. And all the prisoners can have also that that mm, that pause of civility and, and art and what have you, a little bit of Mozart. And this is sort of the beginning of the end. Because then Andy has a heart-to-heart with Red. It's uh, years and years and years have passed. He's been in the... Um, he's been thrown in the uh, solitary confinement for a couple of times for, I think, including the Mozart, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And it seems like he's lost all hope. So here we hear the story where he's not guilty, but we, but, but, uh, and, uh, and he's kept in prison because he's facilitating the, the prison warden for, for, for uh, becoming rich. And we're all sort of led down again, another path when he, uh, after all the foreshadowing, after the uh, similar hanging, he asks for some rope. He's sitting in his, his cell and um, I, I didn't expect this, and there's a, there's a twist, and, and suddenly one, one morning is gone. We see with um, some brilliantly uh, filmed flashbacks or edited flashbacks, we see exactly what did happen. There'll be some questions. We'll talk about this later. I mean, there's, uh, there's, uh, some, there's a hole in the – there's more than just one hole in the plot and one more pipe. He finally gets uh, – <laughs> he finally gets uh, – he gets out, and we see the flashbacks, and in, in a, I think, a beautiful – ending that's a little bit a little bit drawn out but i think in a good way he escapes we don't know where he is but we make the assumptions because of some comments that have been made earlier and red his best friend uh played by morgan freeman finally also gets uh, paroled in one of my funniest scenes i think in the three films despite all the laughs with that airplane uh red finds the money that was left by andy and he heads to the pacific and uh in mexico and he finds andy i guess they lived happily ever after and that's Andy's, Andy's like, did you bring my money that I left in the rock? <laughs> yeah. Because we're going to need it to fix the boat. <laughs> we, yeah. Because he's, he's Andy seems to have become a crazy person wandering he's a the beach. He's a beachcomber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, yeah. It, just well, polishing he's, he's, random beach driftwood. He's also spent, so he was able, I left something out, he was able to go to the banks, you know, the morning that he escaped, he was able to go to the banks and collect all the money that he'd placed for the game warden. So he had, he had enough money to get a, to go to a nice spa and get cleaned up and look even younger than, than, than his, you know, 45 or 50 year old age. And then he's, he's hanging out on the beach in, um, in Mexico and, and, and Red finds it. So a, a lot of great themes in this movie, I think, throughout. And like I said, there are it's, it's not a it's not a perfect movie, but in, I think the reason that it's that it's a favorite movie is that it brings it 
it rings a bell for a lot of people because mm-hmm. um, there's just a there's just a genuine goodness in Andy. He just wants to go, do good, be good, be a good example. Uh, and and the he's he's such a charismatic um, actor. I, I I can I can I just mention who else was considered for that role? Do you guys read any of that? Please no. tell me Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I will tell you, and don't be surprised. But um, there are uh, Clint Eastwood, Paul Newman, Gene Hackman, Robert Duvall, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Kevin Costner, and Johnny Depp, Nicolas Cage, and Charlie Sheen were all at one point considered and unavailable. And um, Cruise actually attended the table reads and said it's it's not for him. He didn't want to work for the inexperienced um, Darabont. Was the so a lot of it was, and it, it's. I'm glad if any one of them had been in this role, it would for me it would not have had the same impact because Tim Robbins is he's so perfect for this role. He's got that look. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, I think I find him a great actor and anything he's done, but he's got that Beautiful look hair. that, yeah, yeah, he's, he, he, he just, you see goodness in his face and, and you're just sort of drawn to that. And there's a lot of parallels that the film has, uh, has, uh, for, uh, more of a parallel about Christian Christianity and, uh, redemption. So anyway, found well, out can, Peter Charlie film. Sheen, Charlie Sheen, that can't be <laughs> What if, why not throw Corey Feldman into the? <laughs> <laughs> well, can I can I can I say I don't know. I mean, don't you think Tim Robbins Johnny was maybe Depp. just maybe just a little bit sleepy, kind of like Joel Hodgson <laughs> levels of sleepy? See, this is where this is where the critic this is where the criticizing is coming in already. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I I was kind of I did notice that a little bit more. Like he, he kind of. He was a little sleepy, mumbly, like he just woke up, like me right now. Well, he was. He was. He, I don't think he was sleepy. I think he was just reflective. You know, he's mm. just he was an introvert. He was a little bit reflective, and he took his time. And I think we have to buy into that because when we finally see what he did over the past twenty years by by number one being assigned to the same cell over twenty years and able to build this you know this tunnel, uh, we we didn't see any of that. So we have to say, well, he was quiet. He was sleepy. He was, and, and that uh, was very fortunate that he deliberate was never transferred on yeah. cells. Yeah. That yeah. Exactly. that is a weird thing to me that he would spend all that time in one prison and never move to a different cell. Yeah, that was a weird thing. That's that's a little bit of a plot hole because I have a question about that. You know, yeah. is that so, is that typical? Yeah, I was wondering. Oh well, well all my prison experience. Um, but <laughs> I, I will say, so be, we learn right that he's that he's a rock polisher, which is something that takes a lot of time. And so that is his personality. That is his character, that he does yeah. things slowly, deliberately, that he's not in a hurry, that he's not making sudden rash decisions. And that's, and, pr- and that's probably one of the reasons why his wife left, left him as well, because he was just probably a, a yeah. very, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't have that passion, that, that passion that maybe his wife wanted and found with the golf, uh, golf instructor. <laughs> yeah. His, his, his tunnel was perfectly circled. For you know, yeah, for that, five hundred yards. Yeah, away. I have a problem when 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 someone goes out and has to bury uh, a body in another film, and it's 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 exactly you know, it's like yeah. it's exactly square rectangle. They dig a rectangle hole in the like at midnight. The, the production quickly, department yeah, took a backhoe and just like <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not actually going to dig the hole, right? I mean, <laughs> it's like we have tools on the movie set that we're going to use to dig. But yeah, no, it's it's like he took like a. I think it's like an oil drill to his room because it's just a, <laughs> a perfect. Uh, it was it was it was just a very straight. Con- and, and, and you know, I'm not being nitpicky. It's just kind of one of those things. And I, I guess I appreciate it more. It's like you said, it it makes sense that the hole that Andy digs is a perfect hole that goes all that distance. 
Yeah, and and he relies on the the warden like accepting all those posters. Like I so you you wonder like is there going to be one that's too far over the edge? I guess if he accepts Rita, is it Rita Hayworth is the first one? Right, because that's the name of the uh, story. That's the name of the book. Yeah, yeah. So if Rita's okay, then uh, so maybe you're not. Maybe the warden's like uh, Marilyn Monroe. Oh, that's fine. It's no no worse than Rita Hayworth. And then of course we end up with the fabulous Raquel Welch. Yeah, Barbarella. Is that Barbarella? Uh, I think that's from 10,000 Years B.C., ah, isn't it? Yes. Uh, is it? Okay. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It, you're is, right. Yeah, it was the, definitely, the definitely not futuristic. It's definitely primitive. Yeah. Yeah. I have questions. Okay. I didn't have questions about the other movies. But oh, I, I have questions. questions about the other movies. I forgot to ask my questions. Oh, well. Well, it's too late. That's the rules. Uh, this I isn't know. Vietnam. Okay, John, you can ask one question about the other two. Make your biggest, make you, you know, choose your most important question. Yes, and then, question and then we can ask questions both. about Shawshank. Like okay. about how long a raven can live, if a raven can live 30 years. <laughs> right. You know, I think there was a deleted scene where it shows the raven, like, not making out of the prison that he releases, that Brooks releases. Yeah, it actually like, doesn't want to leave either. It doesn't want to leave either, which is, you know, just like kind of uh, another thing about, because that, that's another thing of the movie. It's like, if you're, if you're raised in a prison, you define yourself as being in a prison and part of the movie. And I think that the part of the movie that everyone relates to is um, it's like, it's, it's weird how it's like the most relatable prison movie, because I think it, it shows the prison experience as just life in general. And I think everyone has a prison or an El Guapo that they're, that is bringing them down, right? <laughs> you know, like we, all have, we all have an Aguapo, but there, yes. I think that was one of the reasons why it was criticized in the, in 1994 when it came out was it was it painted the prisoners as too too innocent, and it was a time when there was a lot of um, um, I think Clinton was president, uh, I think, and there was a yeah. there was a lot of 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 attention given in the national narrative of of prisons not being uh, too hard enough, and we need to actually yeah. uh, put in jail more than we are and uh, yeah. shouldn't tolerate anything. And so there's this, it was, it was a bad time for a, a nice prison movie to come out. So that's why it failed the first time, but that's why yeah. people related yeah. to it later. So, and here's also, I guess my problem, they make it look as though you've lived in prison your whole life. So you just don't know how to do anything else. When the reality is you, after you get out of prison, you're not allowed to do anything else. Right, it is yeah. so hard to. Function. Kind of showed that in the in the grocery store scenes where you, you you couldn't really do. You had to have that sort of a job that was controlled. And they also go back to and normally they go back to prison. I mean, the first thing they do when they get out of prison is is um, you know, they'll, they'll commit a uh, well. It depends what you're in for, I guess. But that's what that's what Brooks and Morgan Freeman kind of said over and over again. It's like okay, like right when they get out, they they're like, how can I get back home? Well, they're How friends can with I there. Get they're friends with there. They're 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 you know they're, they're, they're they left themselves in the prison. So they they came out yeah. and had no friends. They had no support group. It's also a lesson I think on us and on society. We, do we want someone to go to prison? Do we really want them to to change, then come out and be better people, or or do we not care if they come out of prison? And we don't care about how they are and, and how they're treated and how they're, you know, um, incorporated back into society. Then, 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 what's it all about? It, it does seem like I, I kind of feel like it's sort of human nature to kind of say it's like, okay, no, ideally, I want a prison to rehabilitate. I want society to work better, and I want, I want people to change. But kind of the impulse, the natural response is, if if they were in prison, I want to always keep them labeled that way. For my own personal safety. Yeah. I thought I would interject here and let you know there's a cardinal in my backyard and it's it's beautiful. Anyway, um, 
So did you feed it a maggot? Carrying a little message that says Brooks was here. Yeah. (laughs) Did you feed it a live maggot? I I didn't. I just appreciated its beautiful. That was the scariest part of Shawshank Redemption when Brooks says to him when he finds the maggot in his Jello salad or whatever. He's like, "Are you going to eat that?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, is this crazy old man going around eating maggots?" But he's like holding the bird in his vest. Yeah. Yeah. So So before before Roy asks his question and tells us what his problem is with this film, let me just add a tidbit. If uh-huh. I may, so um, when when the when the when the director uh, uh, Darabont actually bought the rights to the to the film, he paid uh, Stephen King five thousand. He gave, wrote him a check for five thousand for the rights to make a film because Stephen King didn't think that it would make a good film. He said it was a, it's a pretty good story, but it, how's it going to make a good film? So um, Darabont wrote him a check for five thousand, had the film rights, wrote the film, made the film. And then, uh, and then, actually, Stephen King years later never actually cashed the check, and he sent it, framed it, sent it back to Darabont with a note that said, "In case you ever need bail money, love uh-huh. Steve." <laughs> oh, that's, oh great. that's great! It's interesting because Darabont pretty much made a living on waiting on for, Stephen King. On Stephen King, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's made like I think I know I can think off the top of my head two other movies. He made Green Mile, which is. Another prison movie, and um, and the Mist, I think, which is a straightforward horror movie. Um, you know, and they're all all three of them are Stephen King movies. Or people or really stories. love that Mist movie. I've you didn't like it. I've I been meaning okay. to watch it. I haven't seen it. I the people I said who said interesting things about it sounded really interesting to me, but I haven't seen it. Let's watch the Mist next time. Uh, okay. Roy, all right. Your, what were your questions? Yeah. Well, okay. So I got three. Oh. So speaking of the warden and all of his criming, why do people keep um, tidy ledgers of all their financial crimes? <laughs> I've always wondered that. I don't understand. I'm not a criminal, but it's like, why? Yeah, that's strange. That's well, the last I think thing it was. I think they of. weren't. Yeah, but I think that it was. It was. Um, uh, it was ledgers that that were uh, you know in crimes and drag. So they were ledgers, you know, to support you know any sort of tax reasons or to, to, to pretend like they were legitimate purchases or, you know, or sales, et cetera. Yeah. And it's just that because the way they were done, um, it was able to, it was able to actually, um, you know, be shown that uses proof that it was a crime. And it was, so, it, it took Andy who knew, you know, and he, Andy was the only one. So if Andy wouldn't have, have told anyone, then they would have been valid. But Andy but, was able to say that. But that it exists, it just seems like if I'm a yeah, criminal and I'm like, and like there's this book that if anyone ever saw this, yeah. I could be in trouble. Right. Um, and and so maybe Andy was making the and here's how to tell here's that you're proof. a criminal version. Yeah. Yep, maybe. So maybe that. Okay, a couple. So he he burrows the hole in the uh, through his. So basically, he lets himself out into like a maintenance corridor. Yes. Right. Where, yeah. where there's a bunch of plumbing. <clears throat> Unless no one has had to look at that plumbing in twenty years, I, I and I guess it's the end of this. Yeah, tunnel. probably the last few months. But so, so I, I, I can sort of buy that. No one's been back there to do any plumbing in a couple months. Well, we didn't, he, we didn't see it, but he has the Rita Hayworth poster on the other side covering up that. Oh, plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the biggest gripe I have. He has the sewer pipe. I don't know what it's made of. It looks pretty thick. It looks like an inch thick. Yeah. When he when he when he knocks the hole through it, it shows how thick it is, and it's he hasn't been softening it up up to this point. It's a completely solid pipe, and he hits it with a ha- with a rock a couple times, and now we have a big gaping hole in what looks like an inch and a half thick of 
steel or iron or something. Okay, I'm going to handle this question, John. Okay. okay. So he is a rock, you know, he is a rock specialist, so he knows rocks. So that particular rock that he used, imagine it being like a diamond or something, you know, the hardest thing he'd find. And that, that shows up again where he where he hid the, He may, that actually may have been the rock that he used, that he used to, 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 to mark the, the money. So he knows, he knows what rock is going to be the hardest. The other thing is, you've been in prison for 20 years this is your one chance you know it's like that it's like the old lady lifting the cow or you know lifting, lifting, the, <laughs> lifting the truck off the you know it, you're gonna you're gonna come down so hard on that pipe and plus it's a story you know plus, so, but plus I, I, I agree story. i have the same question my understanding is the pipe was struck by lightning <laughs> so i hope i hope he saves a well, section of the pipe later and carves wonder boy you, you so. did say no you did say something that got me thinking this would have been a great last shot to make because they could have it could have shown him like in a flashback, maybe like he got through the hole and that was the last month. The last month he was in the pipe area. He could have been carving like a big X or something like weakening just a specific point on the pipe that it didn't show. You're right. But urinating on that part of the pipe constantly to weaken it with his uric acids. Yeah. Yeah, Well, he he had a plan, you know, he had a plan that uh, obviously wasn't just to, to get to that point and then what, you know, so he, he'd been there before, so he knew, and maybe, maybe he had weakened it. That would have been, that would have been a a better part of the plot with urine. But it is kind of interesting because the day before is when he tells red, he's like, okay, there's, there's a place in Buxton. There's, he, he tells, he gives him a big, huge map quest thing to do, which <laughs> I not, I would not have remembered. Which there's would, no way I would have found that tree. There's no way I would have found that tree. And cause I can't even remember all this. And she's like, okay, wait, Buxton. Okay. There's a stone wall. There's an oak tree. Then there's a stone next to the tree. Then there's stuff under the tree. And it's like, I would forget Buxton. Like you got to remember Buxton, right? And then you have to remember the name of the town in Mexico, Tehuataneo, which is not, I don't know, an easy thing to remember. But I was, because he suddenly, uh, I think, and this is kind of the way I put it, because he's just kind of talking normally in this quiet way. But then he gets really excited and he tells Red, he's like, remember this, remember this, remember this. In my kind of headcanon, like that, at that point of the conversation, Andy sees thunderclouds coming like he's like oh it's possible i'm getting out tonight like he didn't know he was getting out until halfway through the conversation when he starts telling everything to red he needs a storm to because he needs a storm Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, and and sometimes I think we we uh, we overthink things, and uh, and uh, it's part of. The, I, I'd love to I'd love to read the book just to see how the book handles it, because in a book you've got you can you can do the the extra four or five pages where it is actually a you know more of a journey. But I, I like that that he he allowed the last ten minutes of the movie. He just just didn't go on a bus, get the money, and meet him in Mexico. It was actually he wandered around Buxton for quite some time, and you know kept looking and trying to find this. And when you do see the wall. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it's. It's. You know. It's obvious that there's an oak tree next to the wall. It's the only wall there. So, so I, I bought it. I bought into it. I guess if you can find the wall, you'll find the 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 tree. And I guess if you keep walking in a straight line, eventually you hit the wall. So yeah. All right. Okay. I was surprised. I was surprised there was not a lot of money. I was there was not more money than 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 what he, he saw, like, like a couple of fifties. Yeah. So it was just to get him across the border. Yeah. Here's ten bucks. Buy a buy a bus yeah. ticket. All right. uh, I have a couple more things. Okay. Uh, is is as you all know, I I always I find it fascinating with prison movies and prison shows and stuff that it really seems like 
absolutely the ninety percent the worst part of being in prison is the other inmates. <laughs> and absolutely. like and that's and that's kind of like, I don't know, that's a weird I mean, it's part of the systemic thing. It's like, okay, we'll let we'll let all the inmates be mean to each other, and that'll be most of the punishment, right? And so I've always been confused, and maybe this is my introvertness talking about like if he gets two months in solitary, I'm like, oh wow, that's two months off from, <laughs> that's a from dealing with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. R and R. Yeah. So I, I think he'd kind of settled into a routine and he wasn't having trouble with people much at that well at that point. And and I could be wrong as far as my timeline. But um I don't I don't know. It seems like solitary sounds lovely, but I've also never been stuck in a room the size of my closet for a month. Mm-hmm. So that might get awful. I, I mean, apparently it does. Apparently it does things. And, and apparently nobody likes it in the world. And it's like a very useful tool for like, uh, for, you know, manipulating people. For rehabilitating. Yeah. Well, well, we talk about cruel and unusual punishment, but we don't talk about how, um, how the prisoners themselves create this cruel and unusual punishment that, but we accept it. We accept it. Um, I guess some, another recurring theme is prisons because we have the Turkish prisons in airplane, but we just accept yeah. it. Like we're going to throw you in there. You're a bad person. No matter what happens in there, you deserve it. And, and then we, and then we talk about justice and, and, uh, and, and how they need to be, you know, they need to have uh, a gym and a TV, but we don't take away the, you know, we don't, we don't give them individual shower stalls. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's weird because we talk about prison as being for rehabilitation, but I think that's kind of a joke because if it really was about rehabilitation, then I think that it prison would be nicer than it is. But but prison our society loves to see prison as a punishment, and I think that's why awful things are allowed to happen yeah. because yeah. you deserve it. Because You're why bad. would you be in prison well, if you yeah, didn't deserve it? But crime. it takes an Andy Dufresne. Like it it like Andy Dufresne had to go against the system to make it a, a, a place where people had the ability to be rehabilitated. Like it, it, he had to work to get the library going. Like he had to work to pretty much get the, like he had to change the inmates kind of paradigm, their way of thinking. Cause he was the, he had my realizations like, you know what? We're the worst part of this. <laughs> so if we get along and, uh, you know, we kind of create, you know, we have to live in this society and it doesn't have to be like the basest, most savage society. Cause that's, you know, you get a bunch of prisoners together and, you know, the, the first thing they're going to do for defensive reasons is to do that. And it takes a shivin and shanking. Yeah. And, and so yeah. it takes a lot to kind of, it's like, okay, it, 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 it kind of sucks. Okay. So it's up to the prisoners to learn how to be better, better people themselves. Like they have to like do it themselves rather than just kind of like existing in this natural state. Well, let's not forget also who, who becomes as a profession, uh, a prison warden. Um, it's not someone who, uh, you know, when they're little, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a prison warden. That's you know? interesting. It's people that have this inclination to, um, you know, have a knack for power and who haven't maybe had power growing up. And so they want to take revenge and, and have this position where they can, they can, they can rule the, you know, rule, be the king of the hill in, in a very, in a very controlled environment where it's, it's, you know, you're, you're actually weak, but yet you're, you're protected by, you know, by the bars, by the other guards, et cetera, et cetera. So you're projecting your, you know, problems onto the, on a pretty cheap, easy target that gets locked up at night. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, so I, I think if this country were serious about rehabilitation, the prison experience could be very different. 
Uh, anyway, other yeah. countries do it. Um, it's it's a it's a huge problem around the world, but other countries are doing some pretty good things um, on putting you know, um, you know Scandinavia is always at the top of the list. Um, crime occurs there as well, but the, it's they just say okay, let's let's fix, let's see how we can fix this person instead of just how we can toss them in, make them worse in another yeah. another environment. Do they have those uh, like wires that keep your eyes open in Scandinavia, like <laughs> watching uh, watching the propaganda films? <laughs> they do not. Oh, dang. Uh, okay, so uh, further questions. I'm not quite sure how Red gets things. Like he's able to get things. I'm not sure how well, it does you see, that. You see one scene where it's it's all payoffs. You know, it's it also mm-hmm. shows that criminals are not only in you know inside a prison; they're also outside. So when the guy who brings the laundry. He's making he's 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 taking a cut by um, by delivering these different things. But he has to he be brings, paid in cigarettes, doesn't he? He's paid in cigarettes, but cigarettes someone you know, on have the a value outside as well. is being paid something as well. Yeah, someone someone's getting some money somewhere. So it didn't it didn't get into the details, but that's how yeah that's how it works. Right, because taking a cut somewhere. Because my big confusion is you know because Red says there's no way I can make it on the outside. I don't know anybody, but he must know people if he can oh, get things on the outside. There probably has to be a dirty guard involved. Um, to get something in. I don't know if you guys have watched The Wire, but in season two of The Wire, they kind of go into how stuff gets smuggled into prisons. That's season two of The but, Wire? Wasn't it the yes. dock season? Uh, the dock season, yeah. But oh. in this in this, in this this prison, as far as this movie shows, there's no dirty guards, so that makes it tougher. No dirty guards. Yeah, that was, <laughs> the, that was sarcastic. The Kurrigan... Uh, the Kurg- at one point the Kurgan is the Kurgan from Highlander, of course. Uh, <laughs> he is like, okay, I wrote down him as the villain. He's a thing for the best villain because he does beat up that fat guy kind of for because he wants to and he has no reason and uh, the guy died. And uh, also speaking incidentally, um, when that door opened for the, the crying fat guy, who was his first night, uh, mm-hmm. I noticed the fat guy was smart enough to remove his fingers from the bars. Otherwise, they would have been crushed when the door opened. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was a really scary moment. That was really good. But the first time, you, you were terrified. Yeah, yeah, I was very scared for that guy's that guy's fingers. But then uh, later, the Kurgan becomes a hero when he just demolishes uh, what's his name, the head sister, um, yeah. ba- ba- Briggs or or Boggs or whatever. It's like, oh wow, he just demolished that abusive prisoner. So that's good. He's a hero because, well, anyway, the thing is, the Kurgan's really good at beating people up. I don't know where I'm going with that, but he's really good at it. Uh, okay, I have another question. Um, in the movie Cinema Paradiso, do Italians apparently not pull off the calendar pages? They like flip up the book every time. <laughs> they just don't pull off the pages because it looks like it was meant to be pulled off, but they didn't do that. They like looked ahead. I guess that's a thing. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, Valid. sorry. Yeah. Okay, my other question. I'm Googling is... it now. I'm not getting anything, John. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Roy, didn't you have another question? I think I had one. Nope, I'm good. Before. Really? My okay. question was a lifespan of a, of a large oh, bird. It and it was uh, it was like, you know, time had passed. And I, I'll let it go. I, I did look it up. Birds can live to be 22 years old. And I think, you know, depending on how. Like a crow uh, like that? Bogs, like, like a crow, raven. Yeah, can live to be 22. So. Okay. So no, that, I, I guess that, that's that's a good that's a good prison one. No, my question actually, uh, Dale for the opera scene, Marriage of Figaro. Yeah. Uh, yes. It is in Italian. Yeah, 
it's in Italian. Mozart wrote Mozart wrote lots of operas that were in German, but I think most of them were in Italian. And uh, yeah, it could have been any any opera. I think I would have chosen maybe there's there's other more. He chose a soothing you know piece that that just was full of peace and and uh, and played it on. It was a, it was a beautiful scene that was filmed with so many. That's another point. So many convicts. There were like 300 convicts in in the in the in the uh, the the yard, yard scenes, yeah. and then it only fit like you know like 25 inside. But it was a, it was a nicely filmed scene where people were just standing there, just in awe of this you know this celestial sound of this music. It was it was a it was a lovely little scene, and 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 Andy took such pride in sharing the that joy that he didn't want to just have for himself. So he shared that joy, and and that and it. I don't know if we'll ever talk about this the similarity with um, Sima Paradiso, but it reminded me of the scene where where he actually shares the joy with the people in the outside of the theater as well. When he when he manages to get uh, somehow the the film showing on the wall outside as well through the glass that was kind of turns the film. That's kind of a question I have. That's my only question: is how did he do that and stay yeah. in focus the whole time? Kind of right. a goof, kind of a question. Kind of that was kind of a, that was kind of a goof of cinema parody. So yeah. I, I I do have a, a moment that I will mention that you know. But it was the glass. It was the glass. That it wasn't you know it wasn't a mirror. It was it was just he was using the glass. And you know how glass you can see through it, but you can also see, see things reflected in it. That was the idea. Yeah. So that was probably a win some award for technology. Well, my my question is: so did you did you understand um, the words to the to the aria? As, as uh, it was no. playing, no, oh, okay. no, no, it was no, just it was, it was I, opera. I enjoyed sound, the music. So. Yeah, I enjoyed the yeah. music. Well, I I do want to. I mean, this might be a retro goof for back when we watched the movie Amadeus. I swear it was, it was the Marriage of Figaro where Mozart said, "Let it be German. I want it to be in German." And I think he gets his way. And and that's so his that first opera that might the be first- a goof on Amadeus if it's in Italian. I don't think it's the Marriage of Figaro because it's the the first opera he chooses, right? And isn't was it the it, one that's was supposed it the to be- abduction then? It's the one that takes place in like a harem. Right, right. That's the abduction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, let it be in German, right? Because that's the very, very first opera that um, the Ferris Bueller's principal requests. And, yeah, it's, okay. and he says, let it be in German. And I think that's the, the abduction then. Uh, okay. Gosh, these nitpicks. I'm sorry about that. Okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to check that out again. Okay. And I just want to just point out, this is not a question. It's just a comment. If I ever went to prison and, you know, I was there for a good, I established myself, I was there for 10 years or whatever. And then the new prisoners like came in and were drove, drove up. I wouldn't yell at the prisoners and shake the fence. I just wouldn't do that. You, I just you would wanna, not. Just, I would. You, I would not you, do just, that. You would not. You would not shake the chain link fe- chain linked fence that would be so easy to pull down and I'll rush out of. That was, <laughs> that was, that was a bit of a flaw. <laughs> yeah the 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 fence was the fence was pretty shaky. Pretty I guess flimsy. maybe that's what they're doing. Is that the reason for them yelling at the new inmates so they can weaken the fence over time? Like <laughs> maybe that was it. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Hey, I wouldn't be a jerk if I went to prison. Oh, that's not so. If I yeah. go to prison and you're already there, I can I, or, I can John's know there's going to be at least one good person there. It's John. Well, I I don't know if you came to prison with me, but well, no. After as long as you're already there, I'm just well, I, I want to be able to look you in the eye as you're not shaking the fence. Uh, no, I'm just saying I wouldn't be a jerk to strangers. Oh, so for me, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I see. That's cool. Okay. Anyway, that is uh, Shawshank, the uh, number one film on IMDb for a little while. I don't know if it still is. Is it? 
it's not. It's pretty it? high up. It's not maybe number one, but it's pretty. So high the IMDb up. score, if you want to know, is a nine point three. That's pretty darn pretty high. Pretty darn high. It. Does it have a ranking next to it? Usually, it says if it's in the top, it has a ranking. Well, let's see. I have. I always have these pulled up. Let's see. Number sixty six. Okay, so top, top one hundred. Yeah. See, yeah, pretty much. I mean, number one is probably. I don't know, like Infinity you don't War or something. Know. Oh, I don't. I want to know now. Tell me. It's the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, okay. 100%. Okay. No, that is. 10, point, 10 out of 10. That is funny. Is it really? Directly below Shawshank Redemption is the new The Batman uh, and The Godfather, both below Shawshank and immediately beloved as Beautiful Disaster and Chupa and oh. the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> Unbearable yes, weight of massive super, talent. The Super Mario Brothers movie is number one, followed by Evil Dead Rise. I think there's some recency uh, stuff going usually, on. Usually, I mean, it cons- yeah, usually I, I found that uh, there are enough critics that, you know, when I say critics, I mean, no, that can't be right. You're but what happens, John? What happens, John? My guess, my best guess is that those who have reviewed Mario. Um, you know, anticipated and couldn't wait and, and so excited. And then it'll trickle down to the, you know, the smaller town newspapers and other people. And the people, people, you know, who are, I don't know if Siskel and Ebert, you know, have already reviewed it. Maybe it'll be next week. So it didn't just get released. Like, well, weeks I, I'm looking okay. at unbearable so, way to massive talent. It says 7.0 out of 10. Sure. Here's the thing. So you can, you can do it by IMDB rating. It defaults to ranking. And I have no idea what drives the ranking, but if we're going by IMDB rating, then number two is The Godfather, and number one is Shawshank Redemption. Still yes, is. it is. Uh, ah, yeah. still. Okay. It still is. Okay, yeah, I see it. Okay. Yeah, nine points. Godfather. Dark Knight, number three. Godfather Part Two. Twelve Angry Men, Schindler's List, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Pulp Fiction, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Number 10. Those are the top 10. Okay, I just found it. Fight Club. Wow, number 12. We don't talk about that. Okay, should we do contact info? do that and then let's fly through these awards <laughs> okay yeah we got to fly through these awards so uh go ahead and give us a buzz on email yours mind there's podcast at gmail.com please find us on facebook that's actually kind of a good place to go uh first of all because that's where we take all the notes and that's where you vote in all the polls that pretty much determine the genres and the specific movies that we watch so make sure you do that uh and go ahead and go to yours mind there's podcast.com blogspot.com you can download all the mp3s directly and of course go to apple podcasts go to spotify uh listen there download there give thumbs up give five stars that's the most important thing oh and also the most important thing is give us a call 801-896-4542 uh remember i'm going to take this moment to remember uh, to mark your calendars July 8th is where we have the uh, post-theater reserve. So that's the live event this year. Uh, we are watching Afterlife movies, possibly possibly two Bill Cosby movies, but that won't happen. You know, we're probably going to watch, you know, uh, Field of Dreams, The Sixth Sense, and, uh, <laughs> and maybe The Devil and Max Devlin if we're lucky. So, is that your guess for the three we're watching? I think those are the three we're watching, yeah. But if you have any input I kind of hope Afterlife, that's not. We'll see. <laughs> I know you want to watch the others, but you gave the ending no, away last week. There's about 10 of these movies that I want to watch. So whatever we end up with, I'm going to be both pleased and disappointed. Good, good. That's, yeah. also, that's all we want. 
you might as well know, those of you who are listening, uh, in, in order to make Dale the number one guest of the year, uh, until John allows us to make some administrative changes, you have to listen to this on Spotify. <laughs> Right, Get Dale's right. Spotify numbers up. So. Right, I'm, I'm Venmoing you ten dollars each for those who listen to this. Everybody this su- point. support Joe Rogan. Listen on Spotify. <laughs> That's the message. Okay. Uh, awards, Roy. Let's do this best title, please. Okay. Well, it's uh, Cinema Paradiso. I agree, Cinema Paradiso. Dale? It sounds so foreign. It does sound foreign, but it, it also <laughs> sounds like, you know, there's no word, there's no word in 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 English or in in uh, German for what this place is, but the Italians they call it Paradiso. <laughs> That's sweet. My actually best title was Airplane, because Cinema Paradiso gets so many other awards. But also because of the exclamation point. Exclamation mark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so why I, I that's why I brought it down. <laughs> and don't forget, don't forget that it's it was spoofing um disaster movies like mm. airport so it's like it's it, it, it was great putting exclamation point was was fine so air, airplane wins for best title for me <laughs> it, it does point. i i appreciate it because uh i mean top secret also has an exclamation point but most movies with exclamation points are considered uh really terrible movies so i'm glad it broke the mold kind of like stop or my mom will sure shoot stuff like that <laughs> Tora, Tora, Tora is an exception. <laughs> Tora, 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 yeah. And it does Which, not rhyme. It does way. not rhyme. <laughs> okay. Um, Dale, best poster, please, of these. It's Airplane Again. I mean, really? the others are, are, yeah, the others are quite nice. And there's a, I didn't like Shawshank because it's not really a scene from the movie. It's kind of a, a dramatic sort of, this is, this is how he would look if he were. But I, I like, I like the, it's, it's Airplane movie poster says it all. It's going to be a wacky comedy. Yeah. Okay, Roy. So the airplane poster concerns me because if the fuselage is tied in a knot, I don't. I feel like the airplane couldn't fly, and I don't know who would get on that airplane. And I don't know how sitting works inside the fuselage, so um, I don't like that. I, I do. I did pick the Shawshank Redemption. Is that not the scene where he finally breaks out of the pipe and it's it, raining? And it's very similar, but the camera's above him, and this one kind of shoots kind of below, and I, and it, it's, oh, I it's more of a dramatic, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, like that might not even nice. be Tim Robbins. I like. I like the not, rain. It's Charlie Sheen. I like yeah, it's <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Sheen for that. I like I like the rain. It, it was it was a, almost a tie for me. So I, it, it's similar to then the the movie poster from Fugitive, where it just is a scene that's not in the film at all. Yeah. I also pick, I also pick Shawshank, by the way. Okay. Movies with posters who have which has scenes that uh, the, on the poster which are exist. not don't exist in the movie. That's that's a good. Okay, write that <laughs> down. Well, then airplane yeah. airplane also is that because. The airplane's not tied in the knot in the movie. Oh, true. Oh, that's why you didn't pick airplane because it's yeah, because it's, it's factually factually inaccurate. Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, yeah. Roy, best credits opening. Uh, let's see. What have I got? Uh, you do this in a different order for me. So where's my opening credits? There we are. Uh, I so airplane like the jaws in the clouds. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I agree because um, that's those are the only credits that were sort of memorable even though that's kind of like one of the dumber jokes again it's just like they were referencing just something it's like hey here's a pop culture thing that we reference and they did it yeah uh okay dale what do you have for opening credits uh i have a three-way tie for for none because i thought that all of them could have done better <laughs> italian films yeah. don't do credits at the beginning i like the font on shashank but i thought airplane could have been better for it had a lot of opportunity to do this so i say none I, I do like, at least in the version of Cinema Paradiso I watched, I did mention this. There was just like two minutes of like, by the way, we won these awards. 
So Dale doing the rare abstaining from voting. Abstaining from voting. <laughs> that's, that's okay, we'll mark that. That's one demerit there. Okay, yes. uh, Roy, best technology then. Okay, um, the autopilot in airplane is that's pretty amazing. <laughs> now yeah. to keep it going, you gotta provide some services, and that's not very convenient. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it does work pretty well. Right. Okay. I have a similar one. Okay, Dale, what's your technology? Tupperware. Oh, right. For your food dollar. Yeah, it keeps it, hot dog buns fresh for days. <laughs> hot, hot dog buns. <laughs> Introducing dog, it to the jungle. To the yeah, they have <laughs> the tup, the Tupperware party. That's another. Oh, yeah. That's a that's another uh, kind of. Uh, contemporary thing of time (laughs) okay well my technology is also from the movie airplane uh when he gets a ticket to chicago and they like smoking or non-smoking smoking please and they hand him a smoking the smoking ticket yes (laughs) uh okay dale best outfit please me for me the best outfit was anything that toto uh was wearing as a teenager uh, he had some really nice sweaters. That 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 one for me. That one, I, I really sweaters. paid attention to this one. There were a lot of big lapels throughout all three films, but uh, Toto had some some awesome uh, sweaters. So that was best outfit. Anything he was wearing. Uh, okay, Roy. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, Raquel Welch's fur bikini. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, I should have picked that one. That's a good one. Okay, I went with Roger Murdoch's uh, like basketball glasses, protective glasses, his shorts, and his yellow knee pads. As he was pulled out. <laughs> He's pulled out of the, the seat. For some reason, Roger Murdoch put on his Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like <laughs> protective eye, eye glasses like before he fell over. But yeah, they pull, they pull uh, Murdoch out and he's wearing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stuff. Okay, uh, Roy, best food. Sure. So in uh, so not the fish. No, no, right out. Okay, so my favorite food, John, is going to be the enormous slices of bread or crackers or whatever they're lathering in marinara sauce in Cinema Paradiso. Oh, um, good. I don't know what it is. It, it, I don't know if it's even good to eat, but they're enormous. You could feed the village with just a few of those. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's a scene where they were. They look like um, solar panels. Yes, with sp- with spaghetti sauce on. Yeah. Huh. Mm. Okay. They were, drying, yeah. they were drying spaghetti. Yeah, they were drying spaghetti sauce so that it could actually be used as a paste. Well, there you go. So you could just. And I know that because I said exactly the same thing. And and really? I would add, if I may, I would add anything that they. Uh, my favorite food is anything that this the set and that's and the and the um um the the actors uh, ate. Offsite while they were filming that because it, everything in Sicily is good. So mm. my favorite food is anything they ate between between scenes, mm. and not the fish. Okay, not the <laughs> fish. No one's picking the fish. Okay, I am going to pick. Yeah, one of the choices. At one point, the doctor says, "What did we have for dinner this evening?" Oh, we had choice. We had two choices: chicken or steak, steak or steak or fish. And then, of course, Dr. Rumak says, <laughs> of course, lasagna. I remember I had the lasagna. <laughs> so I'm picking lasagna. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay. Uh, best alien, Dale. Uh, the best alien for me um, was, I'll have to explain. The best alien for me was the guy who won the lottery okay. because he was not from the town. And they actually mention that and oh, actually say, they say, oh, it's always the, it's always the guys from the, you know, from the North who get, have all the luck. Uh, and it was this guy who ended up, you know, winning the lottery. He was from Naples 
And the funny thing is, is Naples really isn't, it's north of Sicily, but it's, it's, it's pure south. If you're thinking about Italy, everyone mm. else calls it the south, but in Sicily, it's further north. So they say, it's always the guys from the north. So for them, anything north of, north of Sicily was the north. And that, he was the alien because he, you know, he wasn't part of the, the community. <laughs> oh, okay. But he became part of the community. That's good. He very much did. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. Okay, Roy, alien. Okay, I'm going to say Alfredo, who's played by Philippe Noiret, because <laughs> he's totally French. He's French. Okay, Alfredo's yeah. French. Okay, I went with, you said this for technology, but I went with Otto, the uh, airplane autopilot. Pilot. Yeah. Okay. It's Not of this world. Kind of robot alien thing. Inflatable, he's like like Big Hero 6, kind of, I guess. Like an inflatable robot. <laughs> like a Baymax. Yeah, like Baymax, that's his name. And he had more facial expressions than Tim Robbins at some point. Yes. He, he, was, he was able to <laughs> wink, he was able to smile. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Roy, best special effects? Sure. So I'm assuming this is just completely practical when the plane just comes crashing through the terminal uh, glass. Right. Did they just crash a plane through a wall? Yeah, I just paid... Yeah, well, I don't know. I was going to say a couple thousand, but for gla- that much glass, it's, I don't know, a couple don't know. tens I mean, of thousands. It's, it's movie glass. <laughs> it's movie glass. But uh, I don't know. That's that's pretty crazy. Okay, uh, Dale, best FX. Uh, the best FX for me, uh, I think honorable mention was uh, having the plane retake off because then Otto takes off. With his, after with his the wheel, after there are no wheels, <laughs> so no they take off with no wheels. But I think for me, the the best uh, effects I mentioned it before was was actually um, creating um, a, a movie uh, experience in um, open air al fresco in the plaza by just turning the you know using the glass. Oh, that is such a great scene! I yeah. thought it was yeah. I thought yes. it was, that was uh, it was so it was glass. It wasn't a mirror, and it was reflective, but it was also transparent, so they could keep watching it inside the movie theater. But they also double watched it on the wall. Yeah, that's that, pretty that cool. Was However, good, good it offense. does it does lead to burning down the whole. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also in Cinema Paradiso, at one point he looks up at the projection booth and it's out of a lion's head, and the lion's head comes alive. That's nice. Uh, yeah, which is like this weird uh, yeah. movie hallucination he has. That's just Toto. Yeah, just dreaming. It's like a Charles Dickinson sort of thing. Yeah, but also Robert Hayes from Airplane at one point. During the Stay in Alive dance, he does a Russian dance where he <laughs> is doing a Russian dance and juggling at the same time. Yeah. And that must have been really Amazing. tricky. There's like someone wearing solid black behind him that's holding him up. Yeah, I guess. I'm pretty sure they, that's how that effect is achieved. Yeah. But he also had to do the juggling while he was dancing. And so he actually did the juggling. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um Best Dale, best location, please. There should be an obvious one here. Maybe. Duh. Well, no, you're going to answer. My prison. answer is duh. <laughs> the pipe. The pipe. The pipe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's just Sicily, and just uh, it's Sicily. It's a place that I that I've never been to. It's filmed in. It's filmed in two or three places. There's some scenes in Chefalu, which is a beautiful city that I that I've been to on the coast. But it was filmed in a very small town. Uh, it was very close to where the director grew up, and the whole town now is very cinema paradiso based. It has a museum, and it's got. Oh, cool. uh, it's the, the you know. It, do, the people do a pilgrimage to it for those who really love the film, uh, and uh, and that's where it was filmed. And, and and the the big it wasn't you know a set that was built, it was that was the town that they and it, it doubled for I think it was called John John Caldo, but it was actually called um, uh, Piazza Adriano. Hmm. Uh, the whole okay. come that's good. The whole island is is amazing. Yeah, dang it. Okay, that that's uh, that's. It's runner actually up? less obvious. Why don't yeah. you give yours? Why don't you give yours? And then I'll give a runner-up. Well, Te Wataneo is 
you know, the place well, we all want to go to. Yeah. That was my runner up. And guess where that was? It wasn't Mexico. It was Italy. Was it Italy? It was Sicily. I'm just kidding. It was <laughs> it was the U.S. Virgin Islands. I looked that up just before the podcast oh, started. Okay. Yeah, it was. Oh. They filmed that just on a beach that where turtles come and lay their eggs, and you can only go a couple months a year, and it's gorgeous. It was. It was had a we had a nice shot from the air of that. So it was beautiful. Okay, no, that's good. Okay, Roy, which one of those two locations? I assume. Well, so it seems like the 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 place in Shawshank Redemption, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Um, I don't know where they're getting their food. Is he just like cooking his own food and is he using driftwood for the fires? I, I don't know. Um, but I know if I'm going to Sicily, I'm going to get some good food. The, the further <laughs> south I've been in Italy is Brindisi. Um, we took a boat there from there to, to Greece uh, many, many years ago. But uh, yeah, I, I think Sicily would just be lovely. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. All right. Well, Roy, best song, please. John, did you say Sicily as well? No, I said Te Wataneo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite song, and this is another one where in the future, if we wanted to do this ahead of time, we could maybe throw some clips. Oh, we should. Yeah. You could edit this out. But so my best song is If I Didn't Care by the Ink Spots. Okay. Shawshank Redemption. That was in Shawshank. Was that playing on the radio when he killed his wife? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Notice I think he killed his wife. Okay. uh, Dale, best song, please. Stay Alive. Stay Alive. (laughs) That's pretty good. Honorable mentions to... The aria from The Marriage of Figaro, of course. Sure. Uh, and um, also from Airplane, there is only one river, there is only <laughs> one sea. Okay, but the winner, the winner is, y'all be swell, y'all be great, gonna have the whole world on a plate. Okay, uh, I'll get more to that later. Okay, best, oh, that's uh, you know what, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first this time. Best guest star? Sorry, I'm going to go Ethel Merman as Lieutenant Hurwitz. <laughs> She's got two votes. Ethel Merman's for Oh, me. good, good, good. I wanted to take it before you did. Okay, Roy, that's yeah. guest huh. star. Huh, huh, because we've had Ethel Merman before. Have we? Oh, my friend. She's a recurring character? Uh, yeah, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Oh, we did watch that. That's right. Oh, yeah, of so course, my, of course. My guess is, and I had to triple check this, that we haven't done this, but Julie Haggerty. Really? From airplane. Julie yep. Haggerty. I, I'm surprised. I thought she was in... No, she wasn't in that Albert Burks movie. Okay, that's fine. Okay, well, my backup is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, because I thought he... No! That was my backup. No, friend. <laughs> no, we'd watch The Game of Death. Oh, my gosh! He's, he's in my external recurring character, honorable mention, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from Game of Death. He was in Game of Death. I can't believe it. Wow, we watched both Kareem Abdul-Jabbar movies. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. So it's going to be, I guess, uh, it's canceled out, and Otto is the maybe, best guest. Maybe, maybe so. Because he hasn't been in the other there film. But best guest, <laughs> the well, there, there's technically it's no... It's a nebulous... Th- there's no word. censuring involved, you know, it's not on the record, you know, we Ooh. can kind of... Whoa, your microphone fell yeah. over, that's Sorry, crazy. I punched the mic, I was yeah. angry. Yeah, you were Italianizing there. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, best. Okay, Roy, let's start with you then. Best external recurring character. So I feel like this is cheating. So I'm going to honorable mention Raquel Welch, who wasn't on this podcast, but in my In Memoriam, a movie podcast, we did a Raquel Welch episode. So, right. Um, uh, let's see. Olivia de Havilland and Errol Flynn kissing in Robin Hood. You know, that's an honorable yeah. mention. I should have saved it in case one of you guys use that, but I'm going to go with Ulysses. Right. I, that was one of my honorable mentions. Kirk Douglas as Ulysses. Because we watched yeah. that movie, Ulysses. Yes. Okay, very good. Uh, okay, Dale, do you have an external recurring character? 
Yeah, well, it's easy for you guys because you guys have done these films. Yeah. So I had to go through and. But there's an actor in Airplane, um, Airplane, who who was the one who was checking like the microwave, and he was. I think his name is Gunderson. Jonathan Banks. It's Jonathan yeah. Banks. Jonathan Banks. Yes. And he was in a couple of movies that you guys have done. He, he, you know who he is. He's the one who's on Better Call Saul. And yeah, he's, he was a very young Jonathan yeah, Banks. Yeah, he's Breaking Bad. He's he's Mike. The, yeah, yeah, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Mike, Mike, yeah, he yeah. was in Beverly Hills Cop. And what else? At least Beverly yeah, Hills Cop. I know Cop. he's in Beverly Hills Cop. I think he was in at least yeah. one other movie. Because I think I've used him as a recurring character before. Uh, okay, I am going to go... Uh, another honorable mention I have is Jacques Perrine. The older Toto, the movie director yeah. Toto, he, he's really? in Young Girls of Rochefort. Oh, look at that. Please tell oh. me he was the murderer. Was he the murderer? He was one of the love interests. There was uh, the, there was uh, the guy from... Um, White Christmas? The guy, the guy from White Christmas and West Side Story, yeah, was the one guy. And then he was the other guy. He was the blonde oh, guy. Okay. Yeah, and this perfect sailor's outfit. He he was the poet, I believe. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that guy. Um, okay, but my winner is James Hong, who was the bad guy in Big Trouble in Little China, the big mystical guy. He is the yes. Japanese soldier who murders himself when Ted is telling the story. No. Oh, wow. Look <laughs> at that. Good call. That guy has been in so he's, many movies. He's, yeah, he's a safe bet. He's been in like a thousand movies. Yeah, And he's like 98 years old. So, yeah. you know, I don't want anyone to die, but I do anticipate doing his oh. a podcast on him shortly. And I don't that, even know how to narrow down his That would be impossible movies. to narrow down the James Hong movies. Holy cow. That was, Okay, that will be... I, you know, I really hate that you have a podcast where I'm looking forward to so many people dying. I know it's awful. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Uh, internal recurring character, Dale. Ooh. So this was interesting. So I'm going to say I've got, let's see, I'll start with some honorable mentions. Um, racism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bromances and all three we've got some really heavy bromances i love when the two the two um we've got obviously morgan freeman and and, and andy uh having a platonic um, romance there we've got some um, some romances in in cinema paradiso some obvious ones with uh, the leading actors and then in airplane we've got a couple of scenes where the uh, harry christians sort of give uh, a loving look to each other yeah. um the honorable mention also is morgan freeman okay Morgan Freeman appears obviously uh, in one film, and then he's conjured up by that little girl who says, "I like my coffee black, like my men." Yes. Okay, that's perfect. That's good. <laughs> so you obviously think of Morgan Freeman, and then, but my main winner is directors. So every film had a director. Oh, that's true. Um, appearing in the, in, in his own film at one point. Whoa! Oh, I see. Very good. Oh, okay, yeah. In Cinema Paradiso, do you know where it was? In Cinema Paradiso, he was the one that set the film at the very end yeah. for for the for Toto to see the the scenes that were spliced. He was the guy in the director's oh, room. Okay. And then um, in um, an interesting one was in um, Shawshank. It was his hands. The director filmed his own hands. Katie was talking about this in the yeah. first scene. Yeah, the first scene where he was actually putting the the bullets in the gun. Oh wow! Right. That's the yeah, that was hands. his hands that he filmed. Yeah. It's always yeah, weird see... to me. Like, do they save money? Hey, Tim, we're not going to pay you to film your hands. I he had said he'd said just because of the angles, and he wanted to take the take a long time. You know, he wanted to get it right, and and he said he wasn't. He wanted to have it just hit in his mind how he wanted to do it, and so he just did it. Uh, I see. And then and then in in airplane, I couldn't find. I'll, I'll find it. I couldn't find it, but I think the 
that uh, they also appeared in some scenes. No, I know this one. I'd read. It's it's oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's the. Uh, uh, the the, the guy the, the guy at the airport like on the tarmac the guy with the flashlights motioning the the plane he's like hey ah, Frank do you know where it. this okay. thing is yeah it's over that there that's right and that's the yeah that he's the it. one who led the airplane to crash through the window yeah <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay cool interesting okay Dale inter uh, oh no no I haven't done mine sorry nor I oh <laughs> Roy who do you have that's okay so uh, I. I'll honorable mention the obvious one from collaborations. There's a guy from who does sound for both Airplane and the Shawshank Redemption, oh, named Donald for, C. Rogers. For, Donald C. Rogers, good for him. Or Campbell, movies. very good. The, uh, that's very Katie of you. Yeah. That, that's I mean, I, I had to go just I had to go just after Katie, so I knew I had to do my homework because <laughs> she came so prepared. <laughs> so, but I'm going to go with Ipeishi. We've got some fish in these films. In fish. Every, film. <laughs> every film has fish. Okay, that's very good. Uh, where was the fish in uh, Shawshank in the in the river? Uh, the the new fish, my friend. New fish, clever. Ooh. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I only I think this only applies to Cinema Paradiso and Shawshank, and that is hor- horrendous violence in movie projection booths. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Roy, best death. Sure, I swear this happened in. Cinema Paradiso. I swear, a man gets murdered in the cinema when an on-screen oh, character fires a gun. That's that happened. That happened. Yeah, we okay. talked about. It yeah, it's it's like in the they it, that was another recurring character. Like they were waiting for the gun to fire in the movie, kind of like Andy Dufresne was waiting for the lightning strike. Yeah, you know, it's like muffle the sound over something else. So they shot him and then uh, yeah, left the theater. That's good. Okay, uh, Dale, best death. Uh, for me, it was uh, the the warden, the prison warden Norton. Mm. When he realizes the only way out is to shoot himself, and it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good. Uh, I thought there was going to be a goof there because when they panned out, you saw the window, the window behind him being shattered. But as they panned out, you saw the window; it was there. But then you see, it was the top window, mm. um, not the bottom window, and there's like some blood on it. Really well done. Nice. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm glad he died. You know, all of these people deserve to die, including yeah. Lloyd Bridges and Airplane. Who at one point, uh, like when dives out of the when, window, when the plane he <laughs> goes break, breaking, they're glass. coming right at us, and he dives out of the tower window. Uh, yeah, yes. I guess from a, a glue filled hallucination. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, Roy, best villain, please. Okay, well, honorable mention to Ipeishi again. Um, uh, but good. let's let's. I'm gonna go with the warden. As far as like pure evil characters, he's got to be at the top. Right. You you always hate the pure evil people who were always like talking about how great they are and yeah. how like they're, they're so in like, you know, read the good book, the Bible, you know, he's like so Christian, but he's like doing really terrible things. And he's very comfortable with murdering that guy like yeah. in the in the yard just because he might know something about Andy's past. And that's it. Yeah. What a bad guy. OK. Uh, Dale death. Dale villain dale death yes yes villain dale villain is you took the words out of my mouth it is norton the prison warden and it's it's, it was the irony of him being in a prison full of murderers and he was the one that committed the coldest you know coldest bloody murder of all and he was supposed to be you know the example and so it was definitely norton for me uh okay um my best villain is the group called sisters and i wouldn't call them very sisterly at all 
that it just uh, to quote uh, Norm Macdonald in the movie Dirty Work after he leaves prison, it's like, you know, the, what I, I, the disrespect of it all. I mean, I am ashamed for you. Uh, but yeah, the sisters, uh, inhuman. So, uh, and they, they, they're not homo. They even mentioned that. Yeah. Yep. They even mentioned that they're not homosexuals yeah. because they're not human. They have to be human. Right. First. Right. Exactly. It's like, yeah, they're, they're, it's like they're perverts. Their orientation is sadism really is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Uh, Dale, best hero, please. The best hero was uh, definitely Toto and his superhero strength to pull a uh, 200-pound man down the stairs with his tiny body. 200 pounds is being generous. <laughs> yeah, it's probably more. But it was going downhill, yeah. you know, I gave him that. But there was a lot of – there's also a recurring theme we forgot to mention, a lot of pulling of bodies, large bodies. The stewardess has also pulled Kareem Abdul-Jabbar down the aisle. <laughs> No one noticed it. <laughs> Look out the window to your left and right. You know, we have the. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, great. Okay, Roy. I feel cop outy here, but I'm going to go with Andy Dufresne. I, I guess anyone who pulls himself through 500 yards of poop probably earns something. It looks that good in the morning when he goes to the bank. All he needs is a little yeah. rain shower. He's good to go. Yeah, yeah. he got it. Yeah. I can't believe he risked wearing the shoes down the. Like, his yeah. last day of prison and no one noticed he was wearing fancy shoes. That's a, that's a huge you know, risk. What would have been a great touch is when he walks into the bank wearing his fancy suit and everyone just kind of notices the smell and just goes, Oh, Oh, you right, know, just give right. that, that face. Right. They're like anyway. someone yells, like one of the tellers yelled to the bank manager, give him his money and get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, 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 or uh, kind of in an airplane moment, he walks into the bank and smells like that. And then another client sort of looks under their sh- their own shoe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See if they stepped on something. <laughs> oh, like in Clue as well, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like in Clue. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, Roy, best goof. Sure. Uh, Ted told a passenger that he met Elaine while he was in the Air Force. But in his flashbacks, he's always in a Navy uniform. Oh, what? Okay. So that's where that comes in. Okay. And that's fun too because it's a goof, but it was almost like just the silliness of the movie where he was just you know telling one story and and uh, and maybe 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 it was intended to be that ridiculous you know he was just telling a story. I'm not protecting him; I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, okay, Goofdale. Also was uh, Striker. He if you go in the scene where he's doing a staying live and he actually like dives comes out of nowhere and dives into the crowd, you actually see the real him in the crowd waiting to come on and doing his last pose. So this guy's flying. It looks like him. It's, it's a clip that I, that I, that I loved. He's just kind of standing there waiting to come. He's crouching down. Oh, you can see funny. him and he like jumps oh, in. Wow. Okay. But now there's probably a lot of, there's probably a lot yeah, of, yeah, no, I'll have to, I, I didn't do as good with this one. Um, I kind of have, like, I consider this a goof that Kareem Abdul Jabbar is breaking character. Like maybe that could be a goof because he actually is playing someone named Roger Murdoch who does exist as Roger Murdoch, but it's like, but I don't know. Uh, Red is not Irish, I think. That might be a goof. But Can I give you a background on that? Yeah. So we pulled in Morgan Freeman as the actor, but it was actually in the book. He's actually an Irish right. guy. Right. I, I so have heard. He's Red, and they didn't change yeah. it. Yeah. So his yeah. name is Red. But his name, yeah, his name is Red, and he's Irish. Yeah. His name is Redding, I finally noticed, like, by the very end. But I don't know. His name isn't Redding in the book, I wonder. Because that could have been a way to justify Morgan Freeman's being. And his last red. name is Cohan. <laughs> uh, okay, but the the ultimate goof is that the entirety of Cinema Paradiso was not in uh, in English. So, yeah, geez, yeah, 
That's goofy. Yeah. All right. Uh, Roy, best LOL. Okay. Uh, I have an honorable mention, which I guess I'll mention if none of you do it, um, which I which okay. made me laugh really hard. It's fine. But the funniest one for me, and this is the stupidest joke, right? But they're looking for a doctor, uh-huh. and they find Leslie Nielsen, and they say, are you a doctor? And he's just wearing a stethoscope. <laughs> Like he just wears it everywhere. With his deadpan look, yeah. deadpan look. Like as a matter of fact, I am. Oh man, that's great. Okay. Uh, okay. Perfect. Okay. Dale, laugh, laugh out. That was his. Honorable oh, that, no, no, that was my. That was my real one. My honorable mention. That I'm was real wait. one. Oh, okay. Wait. I'll wait for my honorable okay. mention. So my funniest moment. I think I've mentioned this before. Red is not approved the first time he goes into parole, and then he tells this story about you know what? I'm just going to stay here. You're not going to give it to me. I'm you know I'm not going to. I haven't changed. I'm still a good person. And then they stamp it with uh, approved. And 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 the, just the irony there because it's a serious film. So it just really cracked me up because I wasn't expecting it. They're like, yeah. you know, after this story you're telling, boom. Approved. It seems like something out of uh, like a Coen Brothers movie kind of thing. Yeah. They would just like, okay, then, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, and that, and Do that, you know and, what and that's repeat with, offender means? <laughs> and that's with all of the funny things in Airplane. So really? just the, in Airplane, I was, I wanted to add too with Airplane. Um, the reason that it, so many people saw Airplane and made so much money is people were laughing so hard the first time that they went back because there were a lot of jokes they didn't yeah. catch. Because they were laughing and, and talking and, and you know talking with each other, but they were just one after another. So they went back to the theater and saw it again the next night to catch the other jokes. Yeah, there there is it, there are a lot of jokes that I mean. Okay, actually, let me just ask this. This is a question I have for Airplane. There is a, I think it's a joke in Airplane, but I'm just wondering if just the way I'm just interpreting it as a joke because I'm expecting it to be a joke. At one point, Julie Haggerty says. I can't be with you, Ted, because it takes a lot of things to make a relationship work. Most of all, it takes respect. And I can't be with a man I don't respect. And I, like, I think, I, okay, that is a joke, right? Is, is that funny because you expect her to say, that doesn't respect I, I can't be with a man who doesn't respect me. Yeah. But instead she says, I don't respect you. And that's why I have to leave. Um, okay. So I'm just making sure about that. Okay. But okay. That's not, that's not mine. Um, my LOL, and I, I'm sorry about this, but I guess it's probably the one that makes me laugh the most just because it's kind of a WTH as well. But it's just like the very second question that Captain Over says is, um, is Do you like films about gladiators? He says, he says, have you ever been in a cockpit before? And it's like, no, I've never no, been in a plane been in before. A plane. And then his next question is, have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> Um, and it's just it's terrible but it just like it puts me it's like he jumps right to it and it just makes me laugh um no time to waste right hey did i miss i speaking of did i remember best name did we skip to we we skipped that oh we gotta do we gotta do honorable mentions though for funniest oh oh, oh, yeah sorry get your funnies get your funnies okay so when the ladies playing the guitar and all the faces crowd into the aisle (laughs) yeah and then the one face descends from the ceiling ceiling yeah okay that's good so my honorable mention is this is from airplane and you you had to catch it it was very uh, very slight but when when autopilot has been restored and thanks to Uh elaine and then you see Elaine. There's just there's this this scene where she's smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. right? 
And then she has this look, like she she's got this afterglow, and she just kind of just glances at the autopilot, kind of give him that impression of you know, will you call me? Again? Right. And it's just <laughs> so well done. She doesn't she doesn't she doesn't have a lot of opportunity to to play that sort of seductive you know you know femme fatale, and she's and she just gives it her all. And it's, it's she wonderful. yeah, I just, I love she that. has a great look for that scene. Oh, that's really good. Mark yeah. that for actor as well. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, do, I actually don't have any honorable mentions. I'm just saying, yeah, see airplane. It's funny. <laughs> okay. Best name, please, Dale. Okay. I'm going to name it. And then you guys have to guess which film it's in. Okay. My best name is bubbles, 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 bubbles. So it's from some cut scenes. I know it's not fair, oh. but we get the name. We get the name of this. You know the, the 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 kid who brings the coffee. Hello, I was just passing through. I wonder if you like a cup yeah. of coffee. They've got some extensive scenes. I don't know why they were cut because they're hilarious. Where they actually assume the, the they assume just the adult conversations and have these adult conversations. It's really funny if you get a chance to see it. Okay. And he and then they say, "What's your name?" And her name is Eleanor. And and his name is something something something. But. But you, my friends call me Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Bubbles from The Wire. He was in this. Uh, okay, uh, Roy, best name. Yeah, so it's from The Shawshank Redemption, and I think it's a famous author. But the author's name is Alexandre Dumas. <laughs> That's my honorable mention. <laughs> Dumas. Speaking of that, I don't know if anybody noticed in the credits to Airplane, uh, it lists uh, one of the people it lists is Charles Dickens. And his job on the movie was author of Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some excellent stuff in the, in the credits of Airplane. Okay. My name is Clarence Over, the captain. Mm. Captain Clarence Over, because, you know, you got the whole over, over. This is Captain Over, over. And then the joke of, we got Clarence, Clarence. He has the, both his names are used, you know, for kind of their who's on first that they have in the cockpit. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Uh, D minor moment. Uh, Roy, what's the saddest of all moments? Yeah, it's got to be Brooks, Brooks committing suicide after he's rude. Same for me. Oh, Very yeah. sad. Same for me. That's sad. He has lived a full life, unlike Alfredo. Um, because the thing is, it was actually just that whole moment because it's, it's that magical moment that you mentioned where Alfredo moves the glass and he reflects the glass, the projection of the movie. And I'm not sure how he can project like into the theater and the movie at the same time. I guess it's going through the glass. Yeah, Dale explained it. It's because Amazing it's not epics. a mirror. It's yeah, glass. you're right. Yeah, you're right. You did explain that. Um, okay. So, but they, they do this magical thing where they project the movie onto the village wall and the masses get to see it and the, and everyone's satisfied. And it's this wonderful glowing moment and in the same scene, like Alfredo catches fire, the theater catches fire, everything just goes to hell. Yeah. Changes. And it's just yeah. sudden. Yeah, it really I, sucks. I might as well jump ahead. That's my what the heck moment. I call it the cinema eyeball fire. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So you did. Your, yeah, exactly that. Oh, well, that's our next shocking. award. Okay. What's the most shocking moment, Dale? Uh, what is WTH. that? What's the alias of the yeah. shocking? WTH. Yeah. Um, I think I, I put the many, many, many moments of political incorrectness in airplane right, for me. Right. It was that was the most shocking for me. It was it was there was top ten. There was so much. So much so much of that. So it's like the whole movie was just like I can't believe we're allowed to watch this. Okay. Uh mine was specifically from Airplane, and that's when the nude woman uh appears. <laughs> kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> well, uh, not kind of, the most out of nowhere nude person ever, you know, in a film. And you know what that was homage to? Uh not specifically. 
Uh, just in general. I mean, in the 60s and 70s, when some, some reporter was doing reporting, it was, it was just this thing, like a, <laughs> like like someone running naked, like a streaker <laughs> on a football field or something. It's just this thing that they, 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 they did. And get it, and it was just a thing. Ah, like okay. All right. Now that I know the story. Uh, okay. Dale, best scene, please. Uh, Roy. What, what WTH? Right? Oh, Roy, did yeah, you do I, yours? Uh, it was the cinema fire. Oh, you said that. Yeah, because you started yeah. with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale, best scene. Uh, duh. I mean, the final scene of Cinema Party. Yeah. So that's, I sat in the theater all alone and I wasn't expecting it. It would just kind of hit me. I wasn't, I was dumb. I wasn't prepared. I should have been expecting it, but yeah. I just sat there and, and it just, it just got all, all wet. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it, it's so obvious that's what it's going to be. Right. I mean, you're not, you're not really considering if you're, if the movie does a good job and it's like, okay, you know, you kind of, you forget about those also, kissing I mean, scenes. You put, you put yourself, bit. yeah, you put yourself in the place also in the moment. Mm-hmm. He just lost a good friend, and he's just mm-hmm. th- thinking about his life, and and suddenly you see that there is, you know, there is, um, uh, I don't know, there's passion. I, it was a pretty interesting time for me in my life, and you see there's there's passion, there's 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 love to be found, and uh, and, and 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 go find it. So that was that was mine. Very good, Roy. <coughs> Excuse me. You can edit out my coughing. Nope. Okay, then don't. Um, I, yeah, I, I picked the same thing. Honorable mention to the projecting the film into the town square, but the kissing reel is is just pretty incredible. Okay, yeah. I'll honorable mention the kissing reel. That's perfect. But I am going to take it. This has been mentioned. The uh, Hey, I don't want to be here. I can't take it anymore. Ah! And, and then everybody everybody on the plane takes Gets turns uh, to shake her and slap her. Yes. Okay. Uh, best actor, please, Roy. Uh, Julie Haggerty. Okay, she's from Airplane. She was she was the actor in Airplane. She is yes, she's the main stewardess, the love interest in Airplane. Yes, Julie Haggerty because of her voice. Yes, uh, it's the first time we've had her, and I think she's delightful, and I think she does a good job. It's probably uh, my honorable mention is Morgan Freeman, which probably makes more sense. I, I, I'm kind of with you, John, with Tim Robbins. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't always feel like there's a ton of acting going on there. Yeah, um, but uh, I want to give it to Juby Haggerty. I loved her in Airplane, so there you go. Awesome, Dale, actor, please. So my runner-up was Toto as a as a as a young young, young boy, boy Toto, like the five sure. or six-year-old Toto. He was he was uh, selected from a large cast, and I, he was just so photogenic and just he was perfect on the screen and every scene. And it, some even some of the you could tell he's like a kid, and so some of the acting was like kind of forced, but he just had a great cinema face. Mm-hmm. But that was a runner-up. My best actor was Morgan Freeman. He, he made the film. His yeah. first voiceover role. And yeah. uh, I, I think I, I think I did hear that uh, when I was kind of like looking around this week, you know, interesting stuff. I think someone mentioned that it was his first voiceover role. And then he, then he became the voiceover guy. He's the voice of God after this. Uh, okay. My actor. Okay. Honorable mention to Lorna Patterson, who played the other flight attendant, Randy. She was yeah. She She's great. Well. She's saying well. And I love when, you know, they're like, Oh, is anything uh, wrong? Oh no, everything's fine. By the way, what did you have for uh, dinner? Oh yeah, we we both had fish. Why? Oh <laughs> no, no face. problem. And then she face. turns around and bites her finger. Face. Yeah. Okay, mm. but anyway, she. But also, okay, yeah. Actually, Lee Bryant is actually my winner. Mrs. Hammond, who has been mentioned, she's the one who can't take it anymore, and she's the one who says, who thinks to herself, Jim never vomits at home. Yeah. But also, I just have to share this. <laughs> 
these two extraordinary thespian actors together in a scene, Lee, Lorna Patterson and Lee Bryant, uh, where Lorna Patterson starts with, uh, oh, Dr. Rumack, I've just never been so scared. And besides, I'm 26 years old and I've never been married. And then Lee Bryant enters the scene. Uh, is everything going okay, doctor? Yeah, it's just fine. How are you holding up? Well, to be honest, I've never been so scared. But at least I have a husband. <laughs> cruel (laughs) so anyway that was an acting powerhouse as far as i'm concerned (laughs) okay okay uh roy best titular line this is an interesting one actually okay so this is from uh the shawshank redemption Mm -hmm. it's after he escapes from the poop pipe okay and he it's pouring rain and he's looking up to the sky in the rain and andy shouts after pulling myself through 500 yards of poop pipe i have earned my shawshank redemption sucker Saka, very good. It's too bad he didn't put, I have earned my the Shawshank Redemption for it to completely oh, okay. qualify. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, <laughs> Saka. I like the Saka at the end. That's that's perfect. <laughs> kind of interesting that I missed that line when I watched it because it sounds like it's, it's his most vocal line of the movie. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty emotive. It was good. Okay. Uh, Dale, do you have a titular line? So my teacher line was with a question mark instead of an exclamation point, but it was, can you fly this airplane and land it? Oh my, are you, that's what I have. That's the only time they actually say the word oh, airplane. I was searching so diligently to find them using the word airplane in the movie and I couldn't find it, but I guess you guys that's did. That's the only one. I, I think in airplane two, they, they say that there's a couple more uses of airplane. I was, I was convinced it was in the movie and I was listening for it. They say an airplane, what is it? You know, something like that. And they say, it's like a big Tylenol, <laughs> but I couldn't, there wasn't, it wasn't in well, airplane. I, I think, so. I, I don't know. I was reading through the same things cause I was looking through, I couldn't find it, one reference to airplane. And I actually wrote this down. I put, can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. Yeah, I am serious and stop calling me Shirley. So yeah. the Tylenol remark is definitely in this movie. It's the guy in the control tower. That's kind of crazy. What kind of plane is it? Yeah. Oh, it's a big, funny white plane with wheels. And so maybe he doesn't say airplane, right? He just says plane. I don't plane think, yeah, nobody says it's okay. I think this might be a weird bit of trivia, but I'm fairly certain the word airplane is not used in the movie airplane. Except for that one that we said. I, I, he says, can you fly this airplane and land it? He says airplane. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay, good. Okay, so that's the one. That's interesting, though. It's weird that they don't say it very much. Okay, so, Roy, I think we're to the quotes now. Do you have those queued up? Oh, aren't you excited? First time, we're this trying is, some yeah, new Yeah, we're trying some new technology here. That I'm yeah. paying through the nose for. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you some demo on this. Uh, I'm, no, I'm contributing it's to this Zencaster, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, who do you want to start with first? Oh, okay. Well, why don't we start with? Uh, I want to hear. I want to hear Dale's first because I know what it is already. Okay. All right. Ready? Drink up while it's cold, ladies. Now, interesting. <laughs> that was from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> That's from Shawshank, where the Kurgan from Highlander he reluctantly allows beer on the roof to their little project, and he says, "Drink it while it's cold, ladies." Now, I consider that my two hundred seventy seventh favorite line. From this set, <laughs> okay, John. Sorry, so I have to, I have to. Ask, so it was, it was the moment that he said it. It was the scene that, uh, that he said it in, and it just, he just reinforced the idea that you're all ladies, and and and, and masculine people are, are are on this side, and you're all ladies inside, and it, it's, it, it. You're right. There were a lot of quotes that I could have used, but uh, that, but was, it that was, was my a recorded that moment, a warm show. moment where the the main the head guard just couldn't let him have he. He couldn't let him have a moment without just kind of like 
saying his own little yeah, yeah. He, he had to yeah he had to get that one yeah, jab yeah yeah so I love that Andy thing. demanded beer for everyone and doesn't drink himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he got th- three for everyone. Yep. You know, yeah. He got three for- Did he stop drinking because like that was the last time he drank was the night his wife was murdered because he was drinking that night and he was, was planning to kill. And so from then on, Ooh, we have another recurring yeah, thing. Yeah. He says, I'm drinking not problem. going to drink again until I'm ready to kill my next wife. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly that. Although I guess he wouldn't have had a chance to drink between then and now at all. So I don't know. Interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, Roy, let's hear your line. Sure, I don't even remember what it is. Here we go. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on it. Okay, so that was the second time. He says it three times. I think the funniest (laughs) rendition is the second time when they're in the middle of the crisis and he he just comes in and says it again. It's it's as the plane is crash landing that he's yeah. yeah okay oh, that's that's such great timing okay okay that's great okay uh, go ahead and play mine mine's longer I think okay Captain how soon can you land I can't tell you can tell me I'm a doctor no I mean I'm just not sure or can't you take a guess well not for another two hours you can't take a guess for another two hours okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's i think it's great because it's a, it's a double it's a, it's a double line double, double whammy. whammy yeah it's like i i thought they told the first joke but then they told the second joke was you can't take a guess for another two hours so okay <laughs> good lines good good feature Yay. i like that feature that was fun that was good technology good best technology this episode right zencaster Yay. zencaster sandboard yeah i'm changing my vote on that <laughs> okay uh let's do uh let's do taglines shall we all right. Roy, uh, let's start with you. What was your favorite tagline and your new taglines? Okay. So with the taglines, right, um, I want to add the most chillingly predictive tagline, which is what's slower than a speeding bullet unable to hit tall buildings in a single bound? <laughs> that one hasn't aged very well. Um, right. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to go with fear can hold you prisoner, hope can set you free. Um, and I've got a reason for that. But anyway, that's the one I picked. Okay. From Shawshank Redemption. Okay, cool. Okay, well, and go ahead with your new ones. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. From Airplane. From the makers of Airplane! Exclamation mark two. Um, <laughs> from Cinema Paradiso. Come for the sweet coming of age story. Stay for the hot kissing action. <laughs> and from the Shawshank Redemption. Circumstantial evidence can hold you prisoner. Hot chick posters can set you free. That's good. So, Very good. Yeah. yeah, I like your taglines. Okay, uh, Dale, what's your favorite tagline from these movies and your new ones? So my favorite tagline, I'm reading it, is exactly what Roy just said. Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. Good. And my alternate, I only had one. You guys are better at this than I am. I'm new. Uh, My alternate tagline was for Shawshank Redemption. And I have the difference between hope and rope can be found in the Bible. Oh. (laughs) Because that's where he hid the the little tool. And And the guy never opened it up, which also was symbolic because the warden probably never really you know believed or read in the bible oh man yeah. it's, it's like that that interview with Pre- donald trump right it was like what is your favorite scripture from the bible like, well they're all good aren't they oh, exactly <laughs> i think and later donald trump said in and, and the scripture from two corinthians two corinthians yeah <laughs> it was two yeah, Corinthians. Yeah. yeah uh okay no that's that's pr- yeah the word never opens the bible that's good touch okay uh, my tagline is, this is from Cinema Paradiso, an enchanted village, a wonderful friendship, friendship, star-crossed lovers, and the magic of movies. 
Mm. Okay. Mm. I did like that. I do like that a lot. Yeah. I, yeah. These are okay. These were late at night. Okay. It's kind of descriptive. Like the descriptive taglines, I'm not as big a fan of, but right. I, I did like it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, airplane. Their only hope is a guy who can't even use a cup properly. <laughs> uh, Senator Paradiso. <laughs> when a gorgeous Sicilian town is just too much to bear. Go to the movies. <laughs> and Shawshank tagline. It feels good to be free, especially after 20 years in the worst prison in New England. Uh, and I crossed out, now this is a pipe dream. As we said earlier, let me, let me, let me mention it. one. <laughs> let me mention, it can be in the outtakes. Uh, this, is, this is what I also wanted to add is um, on the titles of the films, back, uh, back uh, okay. in, when we were talking about titles, is that in the, in the um, translations – other titles. I hate a title that gives you the 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 outcome of the movie in the title. And Shawshank Redemption, it kind of leaves it open. It's like, okay, what's going to happen uh, within the prison? I mean, how is it going to, you know, how is it going to be redemption? And in the title in French, it's like the escapees. Oh wow, that's the title. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, and it's, it's called Les Evades. And and then in uh, Italian, in Italian, it's I think it's Wings Wings of Liberty, <laughs> you know, Wings of Wings of Freedom, Wings of Liberty. So I like that in, in in English we kept it. There was a bit of mystery still, but I, I wish they would have kept the the, the the original title, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I think it's a little bit more pizzazz. Now here's a, here's actually a movie question for you. Who is what is the redemption? What is the redemption for regarding? Like, is it Andy's redemption? Yeah, I think it's overall. I think it's, no, it's the I prison. It's... After he escapes the prison, it, it completely reforms and it becomes a nice place. That's what I'm kind of thinking, actually. It's like they do get rid of the warden and the murder guards. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a great library. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like it's it's pretty much it became the worst prison in New England to better than life on the outside. Yeah, know? if you're going to commit a serious crime, you should probably find yourself in the jurisdiction yeah, of this prison. Go to now. Shawshank post Dufresne. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get to special awards for this special movies that made me addition. Uh, the Dalist Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, Roy, what would you say is the Dalist scene from what limited knowledge you know of my brother Dale? Okay, so very limited knowledge. I don't even think I've seen you in 25 years or more. Um but uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the kissing montage, the kissing scene uh, from Cinema Paradise. That's what I put. I put that as my dale scene. Dale, what do you have? So similarly, I have my dale scene is an aged man lying in bed, reflecting on life and wondering if I should get on a plane to Sicily after breakfast. <laughs> that's, okay, that was very, that was way too fitting. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. perfect. Okay, uh, Dale, while you're talking, who is your Dalist character, would you say? So my Dalist character, I'll be truthful, is that annoying guy who makes a brooch in a pterodactyl, <laughs> and that was me when I was growing up. And I also unplugged a very long, boring speaker once in Korea on a, on a tour with BYU performers because <laughs> he was just talking and talking and talking. We needed to get the buffet. We were tired, and I just went behind and I unplugged it because I thought it would be funny. <laughs> And I was that guy. <laughs> you said, just kidding. That's ah. a story. <laughs> but you didn't say just kidding. You're like, let's eat. I didn't say just kidding. I said, yeah. let's eat. Bon appetit. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay, that's good. Okay. And then this is an homage. I think that uh, listening to this will be friends of mine, uh, including um, 
Wayne and Sherry that were actually at that. And I can finally admit that was me. I walked up behind him and I just unplugged it and the microphone didn't work and everyone just started moving to the buffet. <laughs> oh, that's I, I was not aware of that. No, that's perfect. Okay, well, I'm glad you're providing more listeners for us too. Uh, okay, um, uh, Roy, who would you say is the Dalist character? Well, I'm shocked at Dale's answer. I guess I don't know him very well. I was, I'm was i going with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> We're both bald now. Yes. I know he's lost his yeah. hair. Yeah. So is your uh, Johnny character that you mentioned that you said he's bald as well. Uh, mm. But uh, I'm going to have to know, I, this is mostly um, growing up with Dale and his, I, I don't remember your aloofness. I remember your sternness growing up. You were a stern older brother. I was. I was a stern yeah, brother. Yeah. And... Uh, that, that shaped you into the man that you are today. Oh, so. no. Yes, that's true. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with Rex Kramer, Robert Stack's character, Rex Kramer. <laughs> oh, I like There's that. another Thank external you. recurring character, by the way. Uh, shoot, what was Robert Stack in? Transformers the movie. Oh, Transformers the movie, of course. He's Ultra Magnus. Uh, Robert Stack, class act. Okay. All right, Dale, refrain from voting on this one. but Even though you already did on the Facebook page. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, yeah. Uh, I haven't looked at the Facebook page, so that's fine. Okay, Roy, what would you say is the Dalest movie? Uh, Cinema Paradiso. I'm going to say Cinema Paradiso because I, I think Dale's probably spent more time in Sicily than he has in the United States in his life. Hmm. I don't know. Dale, I don't know if you've actually done the math. No, certainly in the past uh, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely, I, that's that's me. That's totally me. Okay, um... Let's go ahead and rank these movies. Dale, I'm with I'm just awaiting your third favorite of these. Which one of these did you hate the most? <laughs> so I I hated I don't know why I picked it. I hated Cinema Party. So no, I hated I, I didn't hate any of them. I love them all. And Airplane gets the bronze medal. Airplane is bronze. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Roy, what would you say is your bronze? <sighs> go ahead and say it. Shawshank. I'm going with Shawshank. Uh, so Airplane was just funnier than I remembered. I really enjoyed watching Airplane. And I there's just this tiny little part of me that maybe doesn't get Shawshank Redemption. Because I think it's a fine movie, but I just I don't get the incredible love for this film. So it's my number three. It's fine. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, number three. I think I, sorry, Roy, if you would have discovered this all by yourself on a Thursday afternoon, big money movie. Uh, and, and you were like, Hey, I just saw a great movie. Why isn't anyone talking yeah, about it? And it was because the bar is so high and that happens a lot. I think all of these movies are really great. I think Shawshank and cinema Paradiso both are, sort of uh warm baths for me um and you know to to the extent where it's like i really appreciate the warm bath um but at the same time i think both of them are supposed to be like really big kind of uh like there's not like the hot like or jacuzzis the cool. yeah it's not like massively warm like um Mm-hmm. Like they're not as life changing as I think I want them to be in a sense. Like they're too comforting for that. They yeah. kind of fill in that thing. John, these these you think you, these are not movies that made you? I know, I know, I know. So so you 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 handled that okay. very well. I know you're putting airplane at the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't want I don't want you to hate us afterwards, Dale. I know. No, that's the thing. <laughs> and and actually, the thing is, like they're both really. Both of them are really, really good, but the fact that Roy picked Shawshank for his number three helped me pick Cinema Paradiso so as my number three because I just want us to all have number, three different number threes. That's a, I'm coming back with vengeance in two weeks for my customer for my, customers, for my um, community <laughs> service. That's fine. No holds barred. That's fine. Okay, John, I'm not a fan of no, that I'm system. I'm not offended. 
not a I know, I know. It's it's lousy. It's lousy. It's a it's okay. a horrible. It's, we live in a horrible, bleak hellscape of this podcast. In that <laughs> what, yeah. What's your number two? John? My number two. I'm going to go with Shawshank Redemption. Okay, my number two is airplane exclamation mark. Wow. Okay. All right. Hey. Uh, my number two is Shawshank. your number two is Shawshank. Fitting. Okay. So, so both two of, of us are you, correct. Two two of you. Uh, Cinema Paradiso is the great movie of this bunch. Um, but I love that movie, and, and it's great. So, it's so good. I'm so glad I watched it. And it probably is my second favorite. Honestly. And I and I, yeah. I I'm kind of a sucker for movies about movies. Yeah. yeah. So. But I I watch a movie like this, and then I just want to turn to my wife and say, I love movies so much, and make her understand, because she doesn't like movies at all. Um, I just really love movies. And even... To the point that she didn't even hear you say that, because she doesn't listen to the podcast She's never going to listen to this podcast, which is why I can say the word boobs, right? So, um, But also... It, it uh, so I just watched a Harry Belafonte movie called Kansas City that was pretty bad. Oh, good. It was pretty rough, but yeah. you know what? Someone put some serious effort in that film, and it's someone else's favorite movie. And I'm glad that someone made it. And I just and I love movies, and I love how much this movie bathes in movies. Yeah, and I just love it. And I, I mean, it's very fitting for our podcast, especially because, um, like it's it's funny. We always have the like this thing. We always joke about like I can't believe we gave the masses like I can't believe they're making us watch another Dream a Little Dream movie kind of thing. <laughs> but like honestly, it, like even so, it's like I kind of I kind of love watching movies I don't like. Even, you know, yeah, I, I just love the idea of like, okay, we're going to watch this movie and then we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about like, oh, how did this movie uh, affect us? And I don't think we do that like the best. I think we're like, we're still novices as far as like, okay, this is, this is how the movie affected me, but still cinema so So it, it does yeah. capture that. It's like, okay, no, 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 this, this is, this is a culture. This is kind of like, you know, sort of my humanity kind of stems from watching other people do things. Um, Okay, but you guys, I guess everybody knew that, of course, I was picking Airplane. Of course, I was picking Airplane. Of course, I really love the movie. And I really love just how, like, tonally it is so deadpan for the entire time. And there are a couple leaks, like when Ted Stryker looks at the camera and says, what a pisser. I think, you know, maybe that's that's not fitting with the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie. Yeah, that was actually the the least funny yeah yeah it's like uh, i would i would cut that and you know just a few cracks but hardly any cracks the movie is solid in its tone so yeah definitely going with airplane okay all right well that's that we are over time everybody it's time to do future business and we have to do future movies for next time the next movies are movies that rhyme because you demanded it for some stupid reason you guys all demanded movies that rhyme instead of the other two very qualified candidates but you know it's gonna be fun it's gonna be good it's gonna be very good uh but let's go ahead and roy what's the status of the poll it did change uh but the two movies that were really close to each other both got one extra vote so we're still doing be kind rewind right behind it was the what was the barb Barb and star go to vista del mar yeah, sorry, Barb and Star. Um, we'll have to catch another time. Who voted for <laughs> who, who voted for the other one? Because I voted for Barb and Star like an hour ago. I voted for Barb and Star. Yeah. So uh, I have. I mean, I love the poster, and I don't think I voted for either of them. But if you really want to rat people out, so Crystal Tucker, Scott Steele, Richard Templeman, Andy Wilson, Deanne Larson, Dale F. Madsen, Maria Le- Leipzig. 
Sorry, Marie, I will never say your name right. Uh, David Crockett, all for Be Kind Rewind. Oh, Dale, you voted for Be Kind Rewind? Uh, I, yeah, I could have two votes, right? I mean, yeah, you can vote as many as, as, as you, many want. you want. Okay. Yes. I yes. just, I thought you didn't vote for Be Kind Rewind. Okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. Anyway. Okay, so Be Kind Rewind wins. Yes. So Barb and Stars got Crystal, Katie, Richard, you, John, Andy, Wilson, you, Dale, and Marie. So got some repeat votes across. But anyway, point is, we're watching Be Kind Rewind. I've never seen it. It looks lovely. Yes, I've seen it, and I remember thinking, I wish it were just a little bit different than it was, but I must have been in a bad mood that day, because I don't remember it very well, but I need to see oh, it you're again. always in a bad mood, John. That's true. That's not, that's not true. I don't, I'm sorry. I apologize. All right. Well, the good news is, John, if you're disappointed in that pick, it's time for you to tell us what we really should watch. Uh, let's watch Barb and Star. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Barb and Star go to Visa Del Mar? Yeah, yeah. What year is that? Uh, I, I want to say 2021. 2021. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Okay. All right. Dale, what are we doing here? Well, since my two choices were Be Kind, Rewind, and uh, Barb and Star, can I sell my vote to one of you two um, who has more of an interest in what it takes to be a movie? Because all the others... Yeah, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna go. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Oh, okay. 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 That'll be yeah. That, I think that'll round it out. I will say, if I had been able to buy your vote, I think I would have watched a uh, Bling Ring, which I've never seen. Bling Ring's pretty good. Have you seen? Have you seen Mrs. Harris goes to no, Paris? No, I hear it's great. I know Andy Wilson has yeah. really pushed. None of us it. have seen We're it. We're talking the new None one, of, right? Because there's a couple of versions. Of yeah, there's a new one. It's a new one. None of us have seen it. 2022, brand spanking new. Sorry, oh, 2022. Um, Gosh, on. okay. That's, yeah. Yep. That's the right version? I think so. Okay. All right. Well, there you and go. It is Paris. Be kind, rewind. Barb and Star go to Visa Del Mar, and Mrs. Har- Harris goes to Paris. A lot I of think new there's a version movies, of it, which yeah. is Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Um, but anyway, ours has the H in it. So that's what we're doing. Uh, and then after that, John, we our next guest is Josh. Okay. Who will be the, our first guest ever to do their third round, round three, um, which is he brings a movie from his birth year and month, and then he picks two 10-year anniversaries of his birthday. See, this is interesting because uh, everybody who gets this far is going to have to reveal how old they are. Yeah. Now, can we yes, – Can indeed. we? Um, sorry, do you have off the top of your head, and uh, if it's okay with Josh, I'd like to know that first birth year. 1974, I want to say September 74. He's about to turn 49, so 74. 74, okay. Oh, gosh, 74. September 74. That's an interesting, I can't think of a single year from 74, but 84, that's a massive year. That's a really massive year. We're going to watch Temple of Doom and and, uh, Karate Kid. (laughs) So I told him that he didn't have to do 84 and 94. It just had to be a 10-year anniversary. So it could be 2004, 2014. Oh, it could do one that. of those four decades. Could, could we do sixty-four? Did we decide that? No, you can't. That's go right backwards. out. It's right out. You can't go backwards. Okay, you can go backwards. Uh, this is not. Yeah, this is not the game, John. Yeah. Um, it's not Nam. The, not I, I have two comments before we leave. Um, just number one, uh, in anticipation of next uh, time, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris does have a ninety-four percent Rotten Tomato. That's well, quite so high. six six percent of good. all people hate it. <laughs> and I wanted to know, and I wanted to, of all critics, uh. and I wanted to know 
Um, what were the rankings of the three? Uh, Roy, you usually give that really stats high. Actually, of the three today. Airplane, ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. See, uh, Cinema See? Paradiso, a mere ninety. Shawshank Redemption, ninety-one. That's but that's pretty good. Um, average. We average ninety-three percent. Yeah, and our okay, that's about average. Our IMDb average is eight point five, which is also just staggeringly that's high. That's very high. Yeah, very high IMDb, especially. Airplane is the lowest at seven point seven. Airplane's anyway. the lowest, but the highest. Cr- See, I, you guys, the highest, I, the highest yeah, period. no, I like. I mean, you plebes, you found Cinema Paradiso the greatest movie, but the critics agree with me that Airplane is by far <laughs> the most sophisticated of all these movies. It's so hard to argue with that, John. All right, uh, so many life lessons. <laughs> we got to come up with some community service for Josh. Okay, I got one. So. Random is our category number 35, which is titled, Well, You Got Trouble. And do you remember what category that is, John? Um, no. Con Man movies? Con Man movies, because trouble starts with T, which rhymes with P, which stands for pool, right? Okay. So you could do The Music Man. Um, I imagine if that category gets picked, there's a high chance we would watch Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That would be great. Yes. The Sting. The Sting. John is dying to watch The Sting. No, gotta watch The, the Sting. sting. I, I, yeah, I don't have, I, I don't feel good about The Sting as a con men movie because, I mean, they built an entire set. I mean, if you have the money to build a set, what do you need the money for? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Uh, mine is category 92, and I call it Regulators Mount Up. And this is 80s, 90s Westerns. 80s, which, 90s Westerns. Okay. Which good. I think just fits Josh perfectly. Silverado. But, um, Silverado, Young Guns, Tombstone, uh, Unforgiven. There's a handful of them. Three Amigos. Three Amigos. <laughs> the Three Amigos would fit, yeah. It would fit if we hadn't already covered if the we Three hadn't Amigos, which I want to talk about Three Amigos again. It's worth it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick Bella Morte. Okay. Uh, number 44, movies with die, dead, or death in the title. Like Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her, A Million Di- Ways to Die in the West, Dead Poet Society, for example. Movies with die, death, or dead in the title. Yeah, Dead Ringer. Dead Ringers. Yeah, there's a new show, Dead Ringers. It's supposed to be really good. Um, I think. I think I heard that. Uh, Was it supposed to be good, or is the new Fatal Attraction supposed to be good? I don't know. There are too many new shows that I hear are good that I can't watch. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, that's it. That's it. How exciting. So we got lots of exciting stuff to look forward to coming up. Yes. And Josh, John, you're going to miss Josh's first community show oh the first show oh his oh his 1984 movies or 74 movies or whatever i'll miss that show oh my gosh okay john why do you why are you gonna miss it i mean just because you're in another country doesn't mean i'm proof doesn't mean you can't he's being a three hours i i kind of have a feeling you might even have jet lag it might be perfect if i'm yeah Yeah, maybe i'll maybe i'll call in if i have jet lag and it's i mean because it will be like at three in the morning that you call so maybe i don't know Maybe I'll Zencast in for a couple of minutes and say, "Hey, I, I'm I'm here in Europe, enjoying myself and uh, stressed out because I get and stressed do a full out on podcast. vacations." Yeah, I could do a full co- podcast. And okay, do a full podcast. All right, plan on me. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, peer pressure. It works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I probably you know have a good time. I probably won't be joining him. So, all right. Well, guys, thanks. This was so much fun. And if you have a final thought, that's great. I just have another podcast that started 10 minutes ago. Oh, right. Okay. No, let's get out of here. It's my, I'm in charge. I'm wrapping it up. Dale, um, thanks for being here. Is it everything you hoped? Even more. 
Good. Good times. Oh, okay. it was so much fun having you, Dale. You're yeah. a great guest. Good yeah, times. that might maybe that'll persuade some of our other siblings to like do this every once in a while. So excellent times. Okay. Well, Roy, you gotta go. Dale, I will see you. I will talk to you in a week and a half when we get together and do this again. And I look forward to seeing yeah, we you gotta, in real life. You know, yes. So. Looking forward yes. to it. Okay, see everybody. Katie and we'll see you guys um, next okay. week. Goodbye, everybody. Good Goodbye. Later, see you later. Now, John, if you really wanted to know, we would have to, if we, if we migrated, this is so boring. If we migrated our podcast over to podcast, uh, Spotify for podcasters, we'd be able to see the stats for all services. And mm-hmm. currently we're hosting it in a sort of weird, um, manual labor sort of way. I, well, I allowed you to start all your other little podcasts, uh, to get a gauge for me. Like that's what those things are for. Yeah. Like, I should show you data. I should show you the stats that I get from my other podcasts. I get to see the nationality of the listeners and uh-huh. uh, what percentage are coming from which podcasting sources. See, uh, Apple's by far the the, the lion's share. It, it still is. I mean, I will just, okay, just going into boring history again to continue with the boring history. Maybe I'll put you this should edit all this out. This is yeah. the By the way, we're losing <laughs> listeners as we speak. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if you want to, let me know and we can move it over and I, I think it will be mostly seamless but but then we'd get the stats we'd know we'd know and again like, like i said i think that 10 percent of our listeners are on spotify and those are the only numbers i'm currently getting right that's fine i i, I don't i don't care about who's listening okay to sum up so the, the only thing <laughs> is at the end of the year we award a, a guest as the best guest of the year based on their listens oh and- i know we're only getting that based off of Spotify listens. Ah, that's kind okay. of a, it's still a fun contest. That's fine. Okay, uh, let's get back into. Okay, <laughs> should we get back into the stuff we're keeping? Yeah. Hey. All right. Hi, I'm Shirley. Stop calling me John. Anyway, uh, Dale, when we move to Italy, um, I will connect with you, sir. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Please do. You can ease my pain. <laughs> That'll be good. I don't know what that means. We should watch Field of Dreams. Okay. Ease his pain. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so the thing is... We should is, watch Field of Dreams in July. Go ahead, John. Oh, we could watch it in July. Okay, 